Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. Welcome to episode 141 of the In Kicks We Trust podcast. I am here with three-fifths of the In Kicks We Trust team. Kev, how's it going? What's going on, everyone? Kali, how's it going? Okay. I really need to actually pump the brakes on all these sneaker purchases now. I got a big expense to add to pay for in China. So like like 6K in the hole. So I'll buy sneakers for a long time. So uh, yeah, it's worth it in the long run. And this week, we are joined by three guests, so we're going to be doing a panel episode this week. So Rich should be jumping on shortly, but we are joined by three guests, so three previous guests of the podcast. We have DJ, DJ Monte Carlo, we have Sean, Uncle Sean Sneakers, and Ray, or Rizzy. We have the three of them coming back, and we're going to do a hip-hop panel. So uh, hip-hop is going to be celebrating its 50th anniversary, I believe. That's August 11th, Ken? Yeah, that's the official anniversary, August the 11th. So it'll be about four days after this pod releases, four or five days after this pod releases. So wanted to get a little panel going with some of our uh, previous guests and some, uh, we've got two DJs on here and Sean, as uh, Kev's been saying, is an encyclopedia on hip hop. So uh, we wanted to get a little panel episode going. And I don't think we've done one of these yet this year, Kev. No, we haven't had a panel episode. So it's uh, nice to have uh, some familiar faces and guys uh, who I know will come with some dope opinions really on the subject. So. Yes. So welcome back, all three of you. Excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. Be back, man. It's been a minute. Awesome. All right. So normally we start with wears and pickups, but we're just going to completely skip this today. However, I can assure you, Rich probably does have a pickup, so the streak still continues. (laughs) We'll just keep that in there. He's not here because he's on this right now. (laughs) That could be it, too. too. Don't you guys do on foot sometimes as well? Normally do wears and pickups. So like we would talk about what we rocked uh, in the last week or so. Um, any pickups we've had but you know we want to keep the time dedicated to you but we can, yeah. we can we can chat this out a little bit so we'll, we'll we'll just add in that rich has a pickup so don't worry he'll he'll double up next week yeah i got <laughs> something very very special on today um just for you guys i got my dj Premier air force one Ooh, okay okay along, along along with i actually wore the the am two days ago man and uh that's my baby but other than that i <laughs> I, I was repping for you guys today you know Oh, those are dope. In the back, you know. Yeah. I didn't even know Primo made Air Force Ones or like did his own. Yeah, it was it was a pack with uh, DJ AM uh, right before they like they released it right before he died too. Oh, right after he died. The collector's item even came with like a pack, and then it came with like Serato Records. Yep, Serato Records. Yeah. Oh, and we came with Serato records. Yeah, yeah. And, and guess oh. what the release were? The, the release was at uh, Twenty One and Mercer. Like, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, it was it was lovely, man. DJ premiered. DJ Clark Kent was in the building. That was the first time I met Mayor. He was kind of yeah. huge back then, though. He was huge back then, but it was it was pretty dope. The DJ yeah. AM pair is the is the Dunk High, right? Is that yeah, the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's a dope pack. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, enough about me. Let's go ahead and get it into these questions. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that's something I want to share. Well, that's, that's, that's a good wear. I mean, that's that's one yeah. you definitely have to mention and call out, right? So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So 
We're going to take a different approach uh, this time. Like Trev said, we're going to skip the where's and pick us. We're going to get right into some questions that we've prepared for our three panelists. But just to get things started off, we'll just get it cracking, right? With the top question here is, uh, what are your top five albums of all time? So hip-hop albums of all time. Let's just go with DJ Monte Carlo. He's the top of my screen there. Hey, all right, let's do it. Top five, I've, I would like to uh, pick my five for longevity, uh, impact on the culture, and at that time of what it meant for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's no order. No, no order? order? Okay, okay. I, I just wanted to, you know, these are my five right here. Nas, Illmatic. I'm from Queens, so, like, this album was everything for the town. Like, you know, I'll never forget him coming home, celebrating uh, when he got the numbers back, going platinum and coming down the strip, man, with champagne bottles, you know, for the homies. And I'm like 13, 14 years old. Like, I, it was a sight to see, you know, never saw nothing like it. That's wild. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Elmatic, I really can't say what number, but that's definitely top five right there. Dr. Dre, The Chronic. Very, very impactful for the West Coast and the West Coast sound. Gangster music as well. You know, even though we was on the East Coast, like we was blasting that with no problem. <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of house parties, you know, and then it had all the samples from, you know, what my parents, you know, grew up off of and was playing through the house. So it was easy for me to play that you know even though the words was you know the lyrics were, were not for kids but still like we had that connection especially for my parents being party lovers man they always did their friday night parties with the neighbors and stuff like that so when chronic hit like it was lovable for everybody all generations you know king of rock run dmc again another queen's no. artist i mean like these guys the staple of of sneakers, of rock and roll and rock, I mean, and hip hop put together, like they really did is did their thing. Even though they're from Hollis, Queens, still, we, we were so proud. You know what I'm saying? We was proud. You know, the whole, whole town was, whole city of New York was proud of these guys. And I never forget hearing about the, uh, the MSG Rev Run helped the sneaker up and, and that, was on the news the very next morning and and we was just like yo and so bright was on the, it was in the, in the news papers all around the city newsstands i would never forget that next morning walking to school and and everybody was talking about it wu-tang and the 36 chambers that's another impactful album salute to everybody from the Wu. like all the members did their thing it was just like something new innovative and something for the culture that grasped east coast to the west coast and then you had far east that worshiped you know said other people from you know from other countries worshiped this group and uh it was definitely something new that caught everyone's eye and um another i mean i, I don't want to be biased but i'm gonna have a couple west coast and down south artists on my list but still like at the time like where when when hip-hop was in the golden era like a lot of these albums shine the most you know then with the help of mtv bt videos and stuff like that it helped some of these albums come to life you know especially king of rock you know run dmc being the very first hip-hop artist on on tv you know so but i want to throw an honorable mention 
just real quick, bigger and deafer, uh, LL Cool J, another one. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it sounds like I'm, I'm being New York biased already, yeah. but no, no, I'm just saying, like, it was very impactful. Never seen, like, a, a dude rap so hard and be loved by the ladies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know yeah. So, yeah, that's my five. Sorry. That's my five. One more, Ready to Die. You already know how that how that album did for the hip hop culture and East Coast rap. I mean, it was it was just something something different. He gave a street another side that he gave he gave his softer side to the ladies, you know what I'm saying? So he was the the latest LL Cool J if you want to say, you know, uh so definitely man, Ready to Die was a game changer, so that was my five, man. Yeah. And I mean even though you're from New York, a lot of New York artists uh, and, and albums there. But again, like you said, like your criteria is based on what it meant to you at the time too. So yes, as a New York yes. kid and these uh, New York artists, like you said, you were proud to see some yes. of these guys make it and become successful and to be heard globally when they did drop their album. So right, dope. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of these guys agree, but uh, let's, let's hear from, uh, from Sean. I want to hear uh, his top five albums of all time. Again, there's no real yeah. like one, two, three, four, five. I kind of came up with more than five because it was hard. Illmatic is definitely up there. Sentimental to me, kind of similar to DJ uh, Monte Carlo's um, sort of sentiments there. I was like, fuck, I don't even know. Like around 14, around the same age, I guess. Mm-hmm. I went to play the record, big ups to Eugene. I played a record and all I saw was a black cover, like a uh, vinyl cover, like 12 inch. And I was like, what is this? And then I, uh, I picked it up. Went to the DJ. Oh fucking! Uh, went to a uh, went to the DJ, uh, and then you can play. You can ask him to play like and skip through the fucking tracks. So anyways, I heard in hard to tell. And my brother's a DJ, so my brother was part of like DJ pools and shit like that. And I was like, Yo, Ray, you're gonna have to fucking get this. Like, I don't know who the fuck this is, but it blew my fucking mind. And I was like, Yo, you need to get this. My brother was like, I don't know, I don't know. And this is when um, well, I probably shouldn't say this, but do you remember the scene where um? Ed and Juice when uh, they walk into the record store and then they had that newspaper and then they yeah like, they stealing it. it yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyways long story short um, <laughs> Illmatic is up there uh, I'm a huge I'm not being New York biased either I'm Toronto native myself but a lot of my favorite rappers MCs lyricists whatever you want to call them are based out of Queens but I also grew up with fucking a tribe called Quest yes so sir. Yeah. they are definitely right fucking up there with low end theory i would say for me it's it's between like low end theory and uh like midnight uh midnight marauders for me just because fuck the midnight marauders fucking album cover i remember like oh there's opio (laughs) there's fucking you know what i mean there's busta there's this there's that the smart thing about like it was all strategic of how groups did their shit was that tribe was part of like native tongues and native tongues was part of a broader thing you know what i mean and it all yeah. kind of like voltron into fucking one and or siloed into different sort of things just like Wu yeah. did you know what i'm saying so yeah low end theory and or um midnight marauders hard to earn so big up to your fucking uh primo uh air force ones yes, uh, hard to earn Classic. I had the po- yeah i had the poster hanging in my fucking um in my bedroom growing up uh, I regret fucking tagging on it and fucking putting stickers on it. But uh, Hard to Earn was definitely a game changer. I want to say uh, Paid in Full uh, with Eric B. and Rakim. Yes, um, yes. That's something in the 80s that was... And if you listen to Rakim's 
lyrics today, mm-hmm. it'll still fucking blow your mind. Yes. So it put it in relation to 50 years later or like fucking 40 years later, and it's still blowing my mind. Like if you listen to his Because lyrics, you know why? You know why? Just because hip hop and lyricism is so different now, man. Like I know the yes. that people rap about now is like it's trash. It's, I'm it's not saying not it's, it's for the new generation, but it has nothing to do with how you know the OG words are, are Eric B and Rockem and yeah, exactly what you said. Like if a person heard that now and never heard him before, I'll be like, "Yo, this guy is crazy." Like you know, what yeah, I, mean? like, I agree. But, and and the thing is that I side more with conscious hip hop. So like KRS, Chuck D. Even if you want to get to like the sort of like sluttier version of fucking LL, like. I grew up on Big Daddy Kane. Big Daddy Kane to me, I remember where my friend Jermaine gave me a fucking tape when I was a kid in fucking grade three. You know what I mean? And I was like, what is this? And then I was listening to it. That was the first cassette that hip hop cassette I've ever heard was um, Big Daddy Kane's fucking, the one with Pimpin' Ain't Easy on it. You know what I mean? And then like, and I was like, what is this? Right? So low in theory, paid in full, hard to earn, Illmatic. I want to say 36 Chambers because it, it was literally a fucking game changer. And the thing with Wu-Tang is, is that yeah. it's funny because you don't necessarily have to say, okay, this borough is harder than this borough or wherever the case is because they all came from fucking different boroughs yeah. and like made into one. So everyone had a representative, right? And so big up some fucking Strong Island. But I want to say 36 or I want to say enter the stage with fucking uh, Black Moon because I'm a huge Black Moon oh, fucking yeah. fan okay. and Duck Down. So like it's, I mean... I remember, I still have the fucking album. You know what I mean? But those are my sort of top five slash six. I have a, do you want more with the roots on there? Because I love the roots as well. But um, (laughs) I love this list right here. Five great albums. And then there's going to be like a million honorable mentions. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The golden era of hip hop alone is just, all those albums was fucking crazy. Yes. Agreed. And I mean, like, yo, Biggie, fucking park i can say the chronic chronic for sure 100 percent. i can't narrow it down even when you ask me mcs but i know and we'll get to that in the next sort of uh segue there but we should probably get on to rizzy and because i know we're kind of short with time but yeah that's my <laughs> top five slash six. you guys had yeah. both and especially men's coming from queens like and that you know just hearing those stories yo that shit's dope man it's, it's definitely just glad to it. you, man. for sure yeah, but I mean, so for me, honestly, like I wasn't even thinking about it too, but I kind of just wanted to like, you know, think about it on the fly and just see how I feel. And like Carlos said over here, mine will be based on what basically impacted me. It wasn't like it, it didn't have to be the best at that time. To me, it was the best because it definitely made a huge impact to me and and how I got into this scene like in the first place. Illmatic is definitely up there. Growing up, there was always that debate like, okay, do you listen to Jay-Z or do you listen to Nas? You know what I mean? Like, there was always that. <laughs> like, like first, uh... <laughs> yeah. always, but as much as how big Jay-Z now and how great he become and th- throughout the whole the shit that he accomplished, like, I grew up listening to Nas, man. Like, and that yeah. whole Elmatic track, I can say it's probably, like, the first album at that time, though. At the first album at that time where I wanted to fucking listen to every single song. Like, there was literally, like, Yo, I, I'm gonna go back to that song like after this one. Like it, it was yeah. like the whole album. It was yeah, front to back, front to back. You can go. Yeah. No skips, no skips. 
And then seeing like those it ain't hard to tell video and it's like black and yeah. white, all like rugged. Oh, yo, straight up, I wanted to be like him. <laughs> like you know, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> One like I wanted like the slit and his like haircut. You know, what I mean, shave my head and shit. Yo, it was it was crazy. But you know, also hearing your story about you know how traumatic, basically, kind of how it affected your community and you know you guys yeah. down there and that, that's just crazy to me and i actually went to 40th ave when i was there and i seen like i had to to come check naz's mural real quick before i mm-hmm. left so that was definitely yeah. a huge blessing before i left so definitely that's glad I did that for sure got to see as a little comedian hood there but yeah that was dope uh, yeah man uh, queensbridge yeah. Is, is definitely a hard place but that can tell yep. you or you if you're a tourist or not, or are you just there to start some shit, but still like <laughs> it's, a, it's a chill place at certain times, but still like yeah. Yeah, that, that's dope, man. I I walked through down there like just a little bit. Uh-huh. And honestly, like just the presence and like just knowing the history of that shit, yeah. you know, it gives gave me like chills, you know what I mean? So like dope shit. But um, so moving on, chronic is definitely up there yes. when it comes to like, producing like I'm not just saying this because he said it, like when it comes to production, hip hop, content, fuck, even the music videos, like the lowriders. Mm-hmm. Yo, I also wanted to be like Drake. <laughs> <laughs> like all these, if you're saying top five, like these are like legit all my idols, you know what I mean? So like I grew up with their music and stuff. So like, and someone mentioned, I think Uncle Sean also mentioned that you also listen to like, you know, conscious hip hop. And you know, that, like that shit was also my shit way back even before i started all this shit so i can even venture into i i can even say my top five album would be uh foreign exchange connected i don't know if you guys ever heard that music or listened yeah. to little brother uh-huh. or the whole yeah. like just through like i don't know like how deep you guys were into like mainstream or underground but Fonte and those guys little brother big poo nines wonder like those guys made an impact to me so like that album even with nicolay on that album and it was a time where I followed Fonte very religiously at that time and the, the whole like Justice League and, and all that whole clique. So Fonte to me was like, honestly, this this guy, he should have been more mainstream than he was. I think like he was the person saying and had great raps at the same time. I'm not going to say this is true, but I'm saying Drake would never be Drake without Fonte. I don't know what you guys are saying, but... Yes. Drake even mentioned it like yes. numerous times in his early raps. Like he was only he was the first person to to kind of break through. I'm talking about Drake to sing amazing and have wicked raps at the same time, and it sounds good. And yeah. when you have like both of those in the same track, and it's just amazing. And that's why so far gone fucking like took off where it was at that time, and it was fucking crazy. And I remember getting his album in the fucking my BlackBerry. It was fucked. To me, like he's one of the greatest, man. Like, and I, like if, if you guys ever see like Foreign Exchange and even um, if you guys see him on a tiny desk, like they perform like crazy there and it's like just like live instruments. So it's he's a, he's amazing. Those guys are dope. Yeah, he also uh, mentioned them on uh, comeback season as well. Like, yo, comeback season. Oh yeah. man, nah. crazy, crazy. <laughs> Minstrel show, fuck man, this is fucking nuts. And I'm I I know you guys know who who those are. Yeah. So I even have to say, but. Definitely made a huge impact on me. I also got to say Black Star. Most Def is definitely, as a lyricist, as an MC, he's definitely up there for me. So I'm probably going to mention him in the MC part later on or something. <laughs> he was I, in my list too, man. <laughs> Black Star, <laughs> as a collaboration album with, with, with Kwali, like, 
quality also kills it on that album so together they were just like dope and hip-hop was very positive at that time you know what i mean yeah. like even the production sounded like positive it wasn't like it wasn't anything like their sound obviously is not the same as if you you know compared to like the chronic or you know any other app or a gangster album uh, i should say right but their shit it had just it, it gave me some type of feeling that it was it was good music you know like it was like you know this is this is the kind of shit like that i need to listen to and like it, it was sounded so soulful at the same time another thing would be it's kind of hard i would say midnight marauders hey. against low end theory it's kind of hard but that's why i said like it, this is a hard question because like there's yeah. so many like honorable mention that I, I can probably say like when i get off this podcast I'd probably say like other shit as my top five, honestly. So I apologize. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But what I'm saying right now is it's truthfully from the heart. And this is what, you know, came out of me. So, and I would also say, fuck, man, MF Doom, food. Like, yeah. When I was in high school, was, yeah. I wasn't even a DJ. I was, I was a producer. I was fucking around with Fruity Loops. Like it became time consuming. There's a lot of, and I was also collecting records at that time to kind of, you know, get samples or fucking basses and drums and snares or whatnot, or even like, you know, vocals. So to me at that time, he was definitely up there. And obviously so is Jay Dilla, but both to me are honestly like equally up there. Mm -hmm. I can't really talk down as much as I say, you know, towards the other. So I, I would say both of them as my fifth, so I don't know, man. <laughs> that those are my picks, and th- honestly, there's so many honorable mentions, man. So many, like so yeah. many. No, for sure. I mean, it's it's these questions. Like anytime someone asks you like a top five, it's gonna be hard because like when you're growing up, like you said in the golden era, like you can mention like thousand, right? Like different yeah. like, MC songs, you know, albums, whatever the case is. But yeah. I think depending on you know what it meant to you at that time too is also what makes something a lot higher on the list than something else would. But yeah, I mean, dope answers. I love the variety too. Like aside from DJ Monte Carlo with his own New York. (laughs) 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 No, but I mean a lot of albums that like, now that you guys mentioned, I'm like, Oh yeah, shit. Like that could be my top five too. So it's kind of nice to hear like different people's takes on that top five. Cause albums is, is definitely really hard because it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't listen to it back to back to back, like song for song, no skips, like, does that count? You know what I mean? Or like back when, you know, like the source, source did like the mics or whatever, right? Like no one ever got five mics. It's like, does that mean, you know, just because the album that you thought is a top five only got like three and a half, does that, you know, change anything for you? Right. So no, it's definitely dope to hear. No, honestly, like back in those days when we used to fucking record our tapes and all that stuff, like, it didn't matter what was good. It was what matters what, what was good, like when you hear it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I was fucking, you know, waiting for that radio show and I would just fucking press, press record and I'll just have my own <laughs> fucking like little like <laughs> yeah. listen to the bus or something, you know, like whatever was good was was definitely dope. And being like hearing those music, you know, out was already like a privilege. So it was just like you got to kind of just catch it and like see where you venture off from that yeah. time. But and yeah, and that's like a good point though too. Like sometimes you you just hear a sound. Like you mentioned Black Star too, right? Like when I heard Redefinition, like that beat. Once I heard that, I was like, "What the fuck yeah. is that?" You know what I mean? Uh, and then uh, it kind of like brings you to like you know the lyricism of Mostef and Talib Kweli. Oh. But yeah, no, I mean like it was just one of those things where like you know it brings you to other 
MCs and that sort of thing. Like once you hear, you hear something and kind of like you venture off to different things, you kind of, you explore. Right. So that's the, the crazy thing about just uh, hip hop in general, but I'm curious to hear how, you know, these albums, like we, we started with off with albums, but I'm curious to hear how this correlates to your favorite MCs or rappers or of all time. So why don't we start with Rizzy this time? We started with DJ Monte Carlo. Let's go the reverse yeah. order. We'll go, we'll go like Rizzy that. this time. Let's see. Oh man, top MC. Oh man, there's so many. Biz was good. Biz Markie was definitely okay. good at that. I remember even seeing him here. I think it was at Scratch Bass's barbecue and stuff. And then like he yes, yeah, yeah, he was there. Fucking like beatboxing, and he was fucking getting the crowd. Like at this, like what Biz used to exactly do when back in the days when he came out. He he, he was the exact same person. He came out in the crowd. Like he was beside everybody, and like we even had a full circle, and he had like his mic. The guy was like beatboxing. It was he's definitely up there. But if we're talking MC as in rapper, or what? Do we, what are we talking here? Like a like I guess be- it could be your own, your own criteria, like lyricist, um, flow. I don't know. Like you could have your own criteria for what makes top MC. Hmm. Honestly, I would say Talib Kali, man. Hey, Talib, his- super conscious. You know, super, super conscious. And, like, his lyricism is just off the chain, man. It's just, like, nothing like it. And, obviously, there's other great lyricists, obviously, like Nas and even Inspected Deck. Like, fuck. Like, yeah, you know yes. what I mean? Like, there's so many, like, MCs slash rappers that, that you can call. I wouldn't say any new heads, though. Like, let's just get that straight. That's fair. Like, yeah, yeah, I know, for sure. If you're, if you're saying greatest of all time, then that's almost, like, who's really the best and made an impact like yeah. out of whole society you know what i mean so that's my pick and i know that's not really a pick it was a numerous pick <laughs> all right john then john let's let's hear from you uh am i picking one? Oh no we had top five but i don't know rizzy do you, do you, do you have any more or just you want to leave it at that for now i mean i, I think i can leave it on that because you know there's too much man there's yeah. Too much. <laughs> yeah i know it is I'd be dissing like other people if I didn't say their names or, you know, I want to be looked at, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's too many, there's too many. No, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a tough, it's tough. It's tough to come up with the top five. I mean, if you had a top six, whatever, I know Sean might have a couple extras on benches. That's, that's fair too. Arguably Lil Wayne when it comes to lyricism. I know he pops up on a lot of lists. I, I, I personally don't have him in the top five. I don't even have him in the top 10 personally see like there was a time for me like i'm I'm a little bit younger than the group we all know that i remember jordan from the wizards days right so when i was like growing up little wayne was huge he was i don't doubt that he's i don't doubt that he's a huge superstar was was huge i'm not saying like all time yeah but one specific like era he was like 2006 to 7 to like 2012 13 like he was he was everywhere yeah Mm. I give it to Wayne for putting. I think Wayne and Juvenile were the front men of Cash Money. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, I'll give it to Wayne in his younger days. But like, I don't know if he was drinking whatever the fuck he was drinking. But like, as he grew older, I was like, he slowly started to get faded away. But, yeah, but for sure. uh, yeah, but my top five MCs, and this is like sentimental to me. Like growing up, I'm 43, but I look like I'm three. <laughs> um, the fucking uh, the Asian gene and take care of myself. But anyways, yo, Big Daddy Kane, like I said, fuck, like a lot of people, including Jay Z, and a lot of people. If we, I don't want to say 
they're from that tree. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. No, they, they are, but a lot of people bit Kane style. Yes, uh, yes. With regards to like fast rapping and, and this, that, the other. But Kane was, I don't know, he he was, him, Rakim, were mm-hmm. very influential when it came to... Well, basically, I, I can say when it comes to like hip hop, Big yeah. Daddy Kane and Eric B, B and Rob Kane, they're like fucking godfathers of hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're, for sure. They're fucking like up there. <laughs> like, you know. But but their style still resonates, not yeah. only in the era of like the 90s and like underground hip hop is always going to be there. You know what I mean? And yeah. and it's it's still sort of relevant and people that keep to those sort of rules. I don't want to call them rules, but people that keep in that sort of lane and, and respect it uh, from that aspect, still you'll see sort of resemblance of what the, I don't want to call them forefathers, but like Kane and Rakim sort of found, uh, set the foundation for. Most F was on there, KRS, Redman. Redman has, the, honestly, okay. I don't give a fuck what anyone says, but Redman <laughs> has the best fucking punchlines. You know what Yo, I mean? Red, Redman better be on that fucking list. <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> Jersey. Yeah, 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 Jersey. Yo, Reggie better be on that the list. The timing of that. The jersey away. Comes Reggie up. went away to Reggie better be on that <laughs> For list. Sure. Reggie better be on there. Yo, his punchlines, I don't care. Like, if you want to talk like I heard what a real, great like, well, yeah, What's good, you fellas? Punchlines, like <laughs> that guy has punchlines like no other man. Just yes, looking sir. at him, like looking at Reggie, it can be the fucking video can be on mute and I'll still laugh. He's like Seinfeld. You know what I mean? Like I'll laugh on mute. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but uh, Reggie is not only funny. Yeah, they need to make how high. They need to make a remake of how high. Facts. But you know what? Though, I if agree. They do make a remake of how high. I, I don't want it to be like one of these Fresh Prince of Bel Air sort of spinoffs. Like, I want for, sure. for it to keep it real. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, but that's sort of my top. I don't know how many I just gave you, but in no particular <laughs> order. But I, I do, I do side with boom bap sort of east coast rap just because i think it's relevance in proximity to toronto and how we have close sort of ties uh with new york but that's my talk Back, facts, right. so, dj monte carlo what do you got for us all right <laughs> y'all ready <laughs> yeah i'm ready i'm ready all right all right no order i definitely gonna somewhat slightly break a couple of these mcs down especially uh the first three i'm gonna mention Nas, I mean, what, what can I say, man? And he's still relevant. He's still putting material out. And this guy is like a vampire. He doesn't age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, airline is still crisp. Like, I don't know. Crispy. Know, bro. Uh, but, yo, it's just longevity. The dedication is still there. The hunger is still there. Like it's just not. It's not like he's like laying back and just like not giving you a hundred percent. He's giving you a hundred ten percent. If you haven't got the new album, the latest album, man, it's, it's crazy. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I took that shit. It's in. crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. Crazy. I can't say it's a masterpiece yet because I really like. I just want to embrace just the fact that. It's not still going today, like 2023. Like, what are we doing? You know, definitely he's forever going to be in my top five. DMX, God rest his soul. The like, things he's did for us, like, <laughs> no disrespect to Tupac, because I was definitely a fan of him. 
prior to the uh, death row membership, you know, uh, but uh, he was a legend, but DMX was everything that Tupac was supposed to be. When I, I, when I, I, when I say you, musically, man. acting, a st- superstar in general, from 1997, seeing to the game, all the way until, two, I want to say 2002, three. besides the legal and the drug issues he had, that man was a superstar. And seeing him in Woodstock, Oh, DMX, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Those man. clips are fucking insane. By himself. Yeah. It's just him and the DJ. That's no a superstar. Man. Yeah. That's a superstar. And then that's why I like to compare him to Tupac because that's what we should have got out of Tupac. Of course, things happen. The world spins in a, you know, in a certain way, but not to want to get too deep into the comparing the two, but that is a perfect explanation of why i want to compare the two but dmx was the pinnacle of hip-hop going into boom bat out of the golden era going into the superstardom that's why i love him and seeing him on the survival of the illest tour my goodness man what a what a closer i mean i didn't get to see him on the hard not life tour but seeing like the footage from like crazy the backstage crazy footage Bro, then seeing him older, like get you know what I'm saying, in, in like 2006, 2007, seeing him still perform, and then I think 2019 was he did his last, you no, know, yeah, right before the pandemic, he did his last tour. So it was just uh, something, man. It just his career was just untouched, unmatched. I mean, he did it his way. MCing, it, it was just for everyone, everyone, everyone loved him. And just love to, you know, just uh, embrace him. And for him to be a Christian man and still incorporate that in his, in every single album, every single album was, a, you know, just something that a lot of us needed. You know, a lot of us needed, especially from a lot of street guys, the guys behind the wall. I mean, like he was for everybody on down to the little white kid in the suburbs that just want just love hip hop, you know. So, yes, DMX definitely. And he just might be my number three or four favorite MC of all time. Then there's Biggie. What can I say, man? The, uh, The storytelling superstardom as well turning his life around into, you know, from the streets and, you know what I'm saying? And, and the way he, you know, he was molded, you know, by bad boy and puffy. And that was the the beginning of uh, the stages of what I want to say, like how companies, a moda, a MC or a rapper going into superstardom. Y'all mind telling me that specific word, uh, what, uh, what companies go through, you know what I'm saying? Just like molding that, Teaching them how to talk in, you know, media, in uh, interviews. Yeah, it's like that. Like um, that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's uh, basically what him and Snoop grew up into, you know, molded them and, and to be not better MCs, but still like for the people. They, they became people persons, you know. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, Snoop and Biggie, they was definitely that prime objective. Those the guys that you be like, yo, you see them from their teenager years when they first, when they were just doing two word sentences to starting the conversation, you know, it's crazy. I would like to say Eminem. Eminem was mm-hmm. 
it, it goes back to when I was uh, doing graffiti. Uh, I was always into the mixtape. Was like honestly, yeah. it was like a game changer. Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah, it was almost yes. like a game changer because like he had raps like crazy, but it was like it sounded different. You know Definitely. what I mean? Like very different. It was rhyming different. like in the middle of sentences. It was fucking crazy. Like I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like it was like multi-syllable, multi-word yeah. raps too. Like he was the first. He was the first MC that I, I I heard with the needle and thread. You know, with the metaphors, similes, yeah. punchline. You know, and it all came together. That's why I say a needle and thread. Even though a lot of people, or a lot of MCs, did it before, but he did it. And you know, at at this level, you know. He met, kind of made it popular too, uh, especially like the sick wordplay and and stuff that you would never ever think of a, a person would say, you know, <laughs> or, or, you know. And back when I was doing my, my bombing and tagging, I would buy mixtapes. I would listen to uh, the Wake Up Show and also stretching Bobito. Like I stay up two in the morning just to hear these guys. And I heard the very first time I heard Razzcast to college radio. <laughs> Yes, yes. 100%. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, of course, Queens is on the other side of Syracuse, right? So Syracuse will, will get the college radio, and we will get that same frequency. Man, I will stay up 2 in the morning every Saturday night, going into Sunday morning. No, I had to go to church, but still, like, <laughs> I will listen to Stretch and Bob Beat, though, and that's when the first time I heard Razzcast in Eminem on that same show. Even though it was two different shows, they put them together. But the freestyles they was coming with, and I've never heard anybody like kick the sick, like the sick ballistic stuff he was saying. And I was just like, "Who is this kid?" And I, I'm the whole time I'm thinking this is just like maybe like a 14, 15 year old like me. <laughs> you know? Yo, Eminem was just bro. He was just something different. And then we finally got to uh, see him in uh, Source magazine. Then. Dre picked him up. So I can't I, I can't say I follow him, but just seeing the the domino effect happen, you know. Game changer, man. The, the, yes, yes. He, he scared a lot of people in the game. Yes, like he, he got everyone shook. Yes, he did. Everyone had to step up the game. Right, right. It was at a point. And it was a time. Um, yes. Not and to offend any white people. But that's true. Saying. That's true. Yeah. I mean, him and Fred Durst put a lot of fear into the pop culture because MTV was really like dedicating their time and effort towards the boy bands and the Britney Spears and the, and, and at that time Lip Biscuit, Corn, Eminem was just like they're on What do we do with these white people? And I, and, and, I, yeah. and I think what I loved about Eminem is that he attacked that. Yes, you know, and, and you look at a lot yeah. of the stuff that he did, yeah. he, he he tore that down was just yeah. that allure. It just it just made it even better for me like when he did shit like that because you know it's a lot of the stuff is i mean boy bands i ain't really fuck with boy bands so like when Eminem was coming <laughs> in did. talking shit like about nsync and all these dudes and right. just how he did how he did it you know yeah. with just the, the the comedy the videos yeah it was just it was just crazy and i just yeah. i was there for it man i just loved it uh, yeah. it was it was an amazing time just to watch that shit i know right you know? <laughs> an, ama- an amazing time man amazing yeah. time yo and think, uh, remember- think eight mile was even crazier man. Yeah. crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all, remember, y'all remember when napster just yes. like, popped off i was I running all type was crazy freestyles around that time like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. we went ham in, in, in his we battles too ham. like in his in his live battles and everything so like i was on at an early yeah. stage man 
Oh uh, yeah, man, Eminem was like I I say number number four, number four. Okay, think number five, Jay Z. I mean, he uh, he again, he's from that Big Daddy Kane cloth. I mean, I've always listened to Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Kuji Rap. These guys, these guys are these guys are Jay Z balled in the one in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With the layback, with the layback flow, I'm like, yo, like, who is this guy? This mafiosa guy, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, seeing seeing him um, for the first time, I think I did. I think I seen him on Yo and TV Raps, and he was just like so chilled and laid back. And then you, you know, they they put on his music, and then he's just a totally different character, you know. Uh, So uh, yeah, definitely Jay Z, and then the longevity shocked the culture with amazing live performances, Summer Jam, you know what I'm saying? Made it staple to where he brings back the MC culture of battling, you know what I'm saying? So throughout the stages of each album, you definitely seen the growth and the business side, you know what I'm saying? So I think I want to say he's number one or two. Then I got to say Rakim as my honorable mention. So he's the guy that, Changed the rap pattern of from the hip, the hop, the hippie, and then he goes sip the juice. I got enough to go to rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. rhyme pattern is chopped up and it's speed up, slow down, and he's staying on beat. You know what I'm saying? And freak a old school sample and 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 ride the melody. You know, check out my melody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he was just all around MC that just opened new doors you know what i'm saying and then with the help of i want to say the drug culture a lot of the dope boys from you know mm-hmm. harlem brooklyn and stuff like that they adapted to him they you know what i'm saying he was just like their you know the spokesman not saying like he, he rapped about drugs but the fact that he was embraced by that right. culture you know and um during the 80s the crack uh, epidemic like it was a lot of that you know what i'm saying he was there like him i want to say a uh, dougie fresh a lot of those guys from harlem they celebrated you know what i'm saying the rhyme structure the party anthems the way you like you you ride down the street in your old school supra with the the, the bbs's like yeah. those like he can describe that and that's what should roll in and that's yeah. what those guys represented. So during the 80s, going into the 90s, man, it was that was that was the era like you were just like, yo, I want to be like that. You know, <laughs> I want to get that car, you know, and and just to hear that soundtrack. Yeah. Rock Kim was that guy around that time, man. So definitely, definitely. And then, like, he's friends with some of the kingpins and crazy like that, yo. As you see, like, some of these pictures of how Mike Tyson was friends a lot of these guys. Uh, the music embraced him, you know what I'm saying? It was his pregame. It's crazy, man. It's, I, I love talking about hip-hop, man. And I, I love talking about <laughs> these, especially that's the ones that, like, I grew up listening to. You could be a, from another borough, but still, we still embraced every MC. I think uh, one more, I want to say one more, um, I don't remember, Ice-T. Mm-hmm. Another one. That's uh, a good yep, one, man. AKR you also Russell. mentioned Razzcast. Razzcast is another fucking hell lyricist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. But, but Ice-T, but Ice-T is a good one. He was going to be one I of say, I want to I want to speak on Ice-T because he embraced hip-hop by going to other coasts 
going to other cities and seeing what you know what it was like and just like hey I would like to adapt that style. Like you going to Philly and meeting Schoolie D and asking him, Ayo, I want to adapt this flow. Is it cool I take just one piece of your, you know, your bar and I want to start it off my song like this. Six in the morning, police at my door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 bro, like I can really talk this <laughs> hip hop shit. Like, like, yo, I love it. I love it. I love it. But uh, yeah, Ice T is another um, honorable mention that definitely changed the game, especially uh, Gangsta Rap. KRS1. Yep. Oh my goodness, bro. We can do do this all. (laughs) But yo, those those five and those two honorable mentions. Yo, salute to those MCs. Yes, definitely. That's a dope list. Yeah, no, crazy, crazy list. And I, it's like, it, it's dope to hear like just people's variations. Cause like you could say one and then, you know, you'll, you'll start re- remembering about the other ones and it kind yeah, of like, just, yes. you know what I mean? Because it, it, it's almost like it's impossible to, to narrow it down to top five, especially like if you grew up, you know, in the eighties, nineties, mm-hmm. early two thousands whatever. Because like, you know, there's just so many dope artists and, and like you said, they kind of all evolved from each other too. So if you liked one, mm-hmm. like the good example was, you know, a big daddy Kane and how it kind of paved the way for these other artists like Jay-Z. So, you know, you can't say that you like big daddy Kane and you don't like Jay-Z because they kind of like feed off of each other and you can see the similarities between the two, but yeah, no, it's crazy um, just to hear everybody's list, but behind every dope MC is also you know, dope producers too. So, yes. you know, like you can listen to a, a track, you can listen to the lyrics and as much as the lyrics um, speak to you, you know, that beat also speaks to you too. You know what I mean? Like you could hear a beat before you hear the lyrics and you're like, whoa, like, what is that? Like I was talking about the, the Black Star, which Sean mentioned Black Star. Once I heard that beat for redefinition, I was like, yo, what is that? And then it kind of opened my eyes to these MCs. But guys like Premier too, like DJ Montecarlo showed us his yes. Premier Air Force Ones. But anything that Premier touched back in those days, he had a oh, chokehold on it. You knew right away that that was a Premier yeah. beat. And the guys that would rap over his beats, like every rapper was getting a Premier beat. But like the way that they spoke on these tracks kind of evolved from what they heard from that beat. So with that being said, who would be your top five producers then of all time? And then, you know what? Let's let's just go. Anyone who wants to start, anyone wants yeah, to start. Yeah, just start throwing it out there. <laughs> I can start. I don't know. I guess in no particular order. I guess. Yeah. Doom is definitely up there for me, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, he's a big Doom head, so. Yeah, I'm a huge Doom fan, and yeah, everything he he said and and what he did in terms of his beats and sampling, it definitely resonated to me when I first started, you know, producing and stuff. Jay Dilla is definitely up there for sure. Dilla, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotta. Ampler King, like the fucking NPC King. He did it all, man. And he definitely left a huge fucking legacy where it is right now. So he's definitely like a huge, huge, you know, staple to me for sure. Uh, who else? I would probably say DJ Premier Ooh, and yes. DJ and um, fuck, what's his name? P-Rock? Uh, P-Rock, yeah. Yes. You, some of your thought. But yeah, because P-Rock... <laughs> And him go go hand in hand. Yeah. I even do uh, like a um like a DJ battle. It was just like a friendly battle between them two, but they board performed and they they kept going sounds right back at each other. It was such an amazing thing to see, and everything was literally done by DJing and records. So it they weren't even saying anything. It just you know the action speaks for for everything that that happened at that time. So 
yeah, that's definitely up there for me. And I don't know, was that four or five? That's five. That's, that's five? a good list, though. Yeah, that was five. That's yeah. a good list. Yeah. I can definitely honorable mentions. You, you can venture into even you know ninth wonder or like. Mm. There's definitely a lot of producers in this game that does definitely, you know, put in work and even especially Kanye too, right? I'm not gonna lie, Kanye was definitely there in terms of production and like having new music and entering like this the whole different genre of you know fucking sound and even guys like Pharrell and the Neptune. I was about, I was about to say the Neptunes were another, yeah. Yeah, Neptune- another another group that yeah at their era they literally like. They gave the sound where it was it's just so different, but so you know crazy at the same time. It was it was it, it set them aside from from everyone else, and and it was even pop too at the same time. So it was they ran yo, shit. Yo. Like the <laughs> amount of tracks that the, the amount of tracks that Neptune had at one time. Yeah, Dre, of course. And I just I just want to mention. Sorry, to, I want to jump in a little bit, Rizzy, but no, no, when that cool. marriage happened with Nep- with Neptune's and fucking Noriega. Oh my gosh! It was like, bro, it was over, fucking crazy. And I was already like, Nori's in my top five. Not great list, great list. Yeah, it was good. Great list. Yeah, I guess I go. Um, Yeah, go. Um, uh, I will. First off, Jay Dilla, God rest his soul, man. Uh, Phenomenal producer, man. Um, Unmatched. Unmatched. Like percussion, like the thing about it, like I remember seeing him break down a, a beat to where he wanted to make it sound like it was muffled, to where when you put on the headphones, you wanted to hear the other instruments. Mm-hmm. And he broke that down. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said he wanted to make it muffled. Like, I, I you just- know what? You know what? When you were talking like Napster earlier and stuff like yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> so many albums for Jay Dilla that's like unreleased that we can't even get right now. Can't even get. You yeah. both know that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Some crazy shit I still have on my on my hard drive that you can't even get no more. And yeah, like yeah. the freestyle and stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. the instrumentals that Jay Dilla mm-hmm. did way back, yeah, yeah. unmatched, man, unmatched. Yeah. But yeah, go, he he will craft a beat for artists, nothing else. Like he crafts. On down to from the keys all the way down to his signature delay sneer. If y'all <laughs> what I mean, like it's it's lovely to hear, man. And we miss him, but still, like he left amazing legacy behind. I still have some of his joints, even instrumentals on my my workout. For even sure. yeah, man, and sure. when Jim, I'm listening to D- Dilla pumping. You know what I'm saying? Working on it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, <laughs> definitely Dilla. I got to put Dr. Dre in there. Yeah. He was just ahead of his time. Ahead of his time from the early days of NWA, even Worldcast Record Crew, where I was put on le- years later after he had dropped the, the Chronic. And I was listening to a lot of the old tracks that he was doing for the NWA. Goodness gracious. What can I say? 2001. Chronic 2001. It just. Yo, and even uh, Snoop Dogg's album that came, do you, do you remember? It came with like an instrumental album. Too. Instrumental album, yeah. Yo, that, if you just listen to Snoop Dogg's instrumental album, yo, mm-hmm. at, at that time, it was it was crazy shit, man. Crazy. Like, he he touches, like, from R&B to, to soul and, and did phenomenal work with other artists, man, and to make, make them better, you know? 
that one two combination, Snoop and Dre, like come it, it's fucking bro. Jen and Juice ain't nothing but <laughs> yeah. a G thing. I'm a, yo, I'm gonna tell you the crazy. The crazy thing is like to show you the impact. We was on the East Coast, right? Like I'm in Jersey yeah. at the time, and I'm listening to fucking Jen and Juice. Yeah, it ain't nothing but a G thing. And you know how like when you come, like especially like out there, you know we listen to a lot of East Coast artists. Mm-hmm. But just to show you like the impact of Dre and Snoop, that me as a kid. I'm like 10, you know, 10, 11 years old, bumping that shit. It just shows you the impact that these dudes had. Oh, they yeah. had youngins like us, you know, New York, Jersey, wherever, and we're bumping fucking West Coast oh, shit. Yeah. One so of Dre? Rider and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, trust me, what? The khakis? Oh, my God. <laughs> Might have to take the Tims off the Tims off for a weekend. You know what I mean? Put the chucks on. Was just crip walk right now. With yeah. the chucks, man. With the chucks. <laughs> I'm telling you. It was, it was like it was just crazy. Uh, it was crazy. Like that, man. Uh, yeah, salute to Dre, man, and his legacy. Again, first hip-hop uh, producer slash rapper to get a um, award, a uh, Lifetime Achievement Award from the NAACP. So definitely, that's a huge accomplishment. You know, look at it. We 50 years later, like, like yeah, some it's of, crazy. Yeah, some of our OGs are getting their flowers, you know? Thanks again. Thanks for these these amazing videos and promos and all that stuff. Like, remember all these posters, you know? We used to see in Sam Goody and, and uh, you know, and all the, the... street team, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i like to get him more in my, to my list. Timberland, what can I say? Mm. He, mm. Was, there you go. <laughs> was, was I mean, crazy in his era, man. Yeah, he uh, was. From the 90s all the way into 2000s, mid-2000s, he was just everywhere. Yeah. yeah, even his beat with JC on on oh man oh yeah so like it, it's like he has classics on top of classics and then to reinvent himself mm-hmm. going into the pop world the techno mm-hmm. the house world like it it, it was just phenomenal what he did with JT and uh who who else uh another Ali- Missy. yeah yes, Missy, yes. Also, like from the early Mid a nineties, going all the way into the two thousand and tens, still surviving and amazing, made amazing albums. He released himself. Timberland had a great run. He had a great run. Labs, man, yeah. that he did was just so amazing. Again, reinventing himself over and over and over, and then working with some of my best, some of my favorite MCs like Jay Z. It's just it's just an endless uh, a list, you know. But I, again, another one-two punch: Missy and Timberland when they get together. Mm-hmm. Timberland Magoo. It was Timbaland always magic. It was always magic. It was always magic with him and Genuine. Like it was like yep. taking on to the R and B side. You know, it was it was that uh, that Virginia thing that. And it's crazy. That what leads me into the Neptunes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Man, Pharrell, mastermind, legendary percussionist as well. Chad on the keys. Like, yo, like these guys were writing and producing for Rex and Effect. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Rum shaker for sure, yeah. man. You know, then it and then it transferred to RB. They was writing for uh that video was sick. Yeah. It's still fucking great to watch. <laughs> Yo, like it's 
music. He doesn't even have to write music no more. This I had, guy's yeah. I had no idea he he was doing the the ad-libs on SWVs. Oh uh, yeah, I just saw that I recently. Just yeah. I just seen that recently too. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it was amazing, amazing. So hearing of these old stories, man, come to life, man, and you'd be like, yo, I really like didn't know some of this stuff was even happening back then. Now, with the help of social media and some of the the people that was there. Uh, you know, get to experience the sort of stories with them. So I gotta say, just blaze, man. I mean, just. I was blaze. about to say. I was about was to say. The Rockefeller <laughs> era was was insane. Yeah. When I tell, <laughs> I tell you, well, everybody wanted to throw up the rock, bro. <laughs> and with the help of him and Kanye, man, just blaze was the epitome of the early 2000 area, especially when mixtapes were uh, jumping. Mm-hmm. Everybody was rhyming over just blaze beats like everybody. And then your boy man got into that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for him to carry his legacy for so long and reinventing himself as well, especially throughout wrath right after the Rockefeller breakup, he just turned everything up. I mean, from the Joe Buttons to uh, in him. And also, he's working with R&B artists and stepping into the pop culture. You know, it is just like amazing. So like Just Blaze definitely won. And I got two uh, animal mentions. Rock Rider, man. When you heard of Rock Rockweiler. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yo, he was he was the king of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Back, yo, when I tell you, like, like it was not one song that didn't go through the tunnel with the help of Flex and Clue. This is like, I think, probably like the last year before they closed the tunnel down. I had just turned 21. So, like, I got to experience everything where everyone was saying or talking about. And the last weekend was the album release for Red and Meth. They performed probably like four songs off that album. Rock Rider, man. They brought him on stage and was just like, yo, never, never seen Meth or Red perform. I, again, I was always trying <laughs> oh, to, you know, yeah. see him. But yo, these guys. Those two are crazy together. Yes. Yo, yeah. I see them at Rock the Bells. Rock yo, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yo, I saw them perform the at Rock, Rock the Bells. And, they, and, and it was just amazing, man, to uh, finally be in a place where everyone is just so historic. But yeah, I think I maybe like a year and a half, I think after that show, I think that it closed it down. But yo, I was glad to be in the presence of, of a historical building, plus to see some of my favorite MCs perform and uh, bring one of the best uh, producers on stage as well. So, and then there's number one, DJ Premier. What can I say? Uh-huh. Man, uh, he's worked with almost just about every artist from the 90s. Uh-huh. Can, y'all, can y'all literally say that? Almost? Yeah, everybody. Him and Pete Rock, the king of boom back. That's why That's why I like, I want to like the label these guys. They're they inventors of the boom back sound. Ugh, good. What can I say? Gangstar. Uh-huh. RP oh, yeah. Guru. Yeah, man. Uh, RP Guru, man. Just, man. Into the stage, like you know, what I'm saying, uh, he's he's did he's did beats for freaking voice to phone from from voice yeah. to phone, oh, yeah, like, to yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying, you know, like, Max, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, original original member of the gang star. Even um Capone Noriega, again, man, hearing him have time, it ain't hard to tell. But that mm-hmm. again, it goes back to the Elmatic man. He, he yeah. did several beats on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the the Evils on Jay's album. Whew, man, like the guy is just chokehold, man. I'm telling you, legendary, it was like legendary, man, legendary. Uh, yeah, they, he's he's my best, basically my favorite producer slash DJ mm-hmm. of all time. Definitely. Facts. Crazy. Sorry, I took so long, but I just I love, love, <laughs> oh, love to talk about this. My favorites, yeah. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be like a four part. But but getting into uh, let's let's round off the top of questions with just name uh, your top rap group of all time. Like, what would you say is your top rap group of all time? Of all time. Of all yeah. time, yeah. All time. I would say my top two. Sure, top you two. two. Yeah. You, oh, okay, you so you go top, I would top say. Uh, I would just say one. I don't know. I, w- I, would, no, I would say Tribe <laughs> is definitely one or two for okay. sure. And then I would say, say Wu-Tang, I guess. Wu-Tang. Just because they're so uh, fucking broad in yeah. what yeah. they deliver. Yeah, yeah. You know what Best I mean? They're literally Voltron. So. Sorry, Rizzy, you said the same thing? Wu-Tang? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say Wu Tang, best rap group of, of all time, man. Yeah. All individual albums, they all had different personalities. Yeah. Even if you watch that Wu Tang like saga on, on Disney Plus, yeah, yeah that oh that yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. Like it's they, on Disney they, Plus now? Yeah. Oh shit. I've been like fucking, that, man. Okay. I, I can't put my Disney Go. Plus, I'm gonna have to fucking rejoin. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's you, man. That's how they fucking get you, man. That, that's, a dope, that's a dope series, that Wu Tang series. Yeah. I've been looking for it because I know it was on uh, Yo, Hulu. Yeah, Hulu yeah it was on Hulu. Hulu yeah, which yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't get. So, oh, Disney Plus, I'm in. All right. Yeah. When I get off, Wu Tang for sure. If you press play on on Triumph and watch that video, yeah, over, man, over. So Wu Tang, we went to the the Wu Tang uh, concert that was in Toronto recently. When was oh, that? Yeah. That was a uh, Sem- uh, no, September. Yeah, I was sitting beside Rizzy, and we were just like, "Man, that was like, too bad Meth wasn't there." But Wu Tang for sure was one of those groups that, like, by far my top rap group. And, Dude, and that, you know what? Tribe like, Two Tang but... and Oz in that concert was that <laughs> shit needed to happen. Honestly, like. So many fucking years ago, man. Yeah. Like yeah. At the concert, it was and, it was definitely way, way, way overdue. Way and overdue. I seen and I seen Wu Tang at when they yeah. came to government. And like any time that they performed together, like I think that time, who wasn't there? Somebody wasn't there at that time. Anyways, but when you see those guys get like Rizzy said, like everyone's got their own personality, their own style, and like like Voltron, like we mentioned that before, like Vol- they just come together and for some reason it just works. And I remember the first time hearing Wu-Tang, I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? I couldn't tell them apart. And then after you hear it a couple of times, you're like, oh, this guy's flow. Like you could, then you could start picking and, and, and choose which artist was which and who had flow and who had like, you know, their different style. It was just crazy how they all came together. And you, and I never would have thought like a group that big would be successful. Cause you, you think like one guy's going to overpower the other guy, whatever. No, they all just kind of work together. It was just insane. Yeah, yes. I agree. 
I heard uh, verbal intercourse. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was <laughs> it was over. It was over. It was over. I was like, I was like, literally, like, yeah. I wanted to smoke like five spliffs. <laughs> I wanted to get like everything. Like, it, it was like insane, man. Insane. Insane hearing that live. Insane. Yeah. You want to hear a funny story about Tribe? So I won tickets. I was sitting in a, in a car with no AC and Flow 93.5 was giving out tickets. Anyways, I never called a fucking radio show in my entire life. They were selling the fucking tickets at Sunrise at Town Center, but I never got paid. So, and I was going to go with my buddy from university. He got paid. He got his ticket. And he was like, yo, did you get your ticket yet? I was like, yo. And I worked at Nike Shop Athletes World across the street from the Sunrise uh, at Scarborough Town Center. Anyways, I'm sitting in this fucking uh, car in my Accord with no heat. I mean, with, uh, with no AC and it's fucking like blistering hot outside. And uh, I call Flow 93.5, and I've never called a radio show. Anyway, it kept on, it rings, it rings, it rings, it rings. And someone answers the phone. They're like, 93.5. I'm like, I'm like yeah, man. I'm like, yo, I'm calling both those fucking tribe tickets. He's like, yo, yo, you need to calm down. But the thing was, I never realized <laughs> I was on air. So I thought I, was talk- I thought I was talking to the receptionist. Right. So then, so then I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm sitting in this fucking, I'm at fucking McCowan and Shepard, no AC, fucking, you know what I mean? Like, anyways. <laughs> Uh, I'm like, I'm calling about those tribe tickets. On the air. Yeah, on the air, right? And because it rings and rings, and they, you go directly to air. So then I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm calling about those tribe tickets. He's like, he's like, yo, you need to calm down with the language or some shit. And I was like, all right, whatever, man. I'm like, yo, did I get the tickets? He's like, yo, you're calling number nine. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I started screaming like a little, like a little schoolgirl. I swear to God. So anyway, Trevor crosses the street. Everyone's like, what the fuck? So anyways, I drive down to like Young and Dundas and go to. Flow 93.5. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, like I'm all fucking sweating and shit. I'm like, I'm like, yo, I, 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 I was that guy who called for fucking flow tickets. I mean, uh, for the trap tickets. And then uh, I had to show them my ID. And, and everyone, because it was sold out at that time, everyone at that station was like, yo, can I be your best friend? Everyone was like, yo, I want to be my best friend. Anyway, <laughs> one of my friends was, uh, he's a jeweler and he works in the like smoking sort of area at Young and Dundas. And I swung by and he was like, yo, was that you screaming on the fucking radio? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you heard me. He's like, he's like, yo, the entire officer, dude, they're laughing. <laughs> Anyways, the funny part of the story was this. I was supposed to go to Detroit to buy sneakers the next day. Uh, I, me and my buddy Tom, so they gave me two tickets, right? And and my, my homie that I was going to go with, he already had a ticket. So I had an extra ticket. So the funny story is this. To this day, and my brother brought it up in his fucking wedding speech. To this day, my brother was like, yo, sell me the ticket. Give me the ticket. Let me come with you to the ticket. And I'm a fucking asshole. I'm like, nah, man, I'm going to sell this ticket. I'm going to fucking buy some shoes from Detroit. So I'm waiting in line outside of fucking uh, the orange room, I think it was. And uh, my buddy Tom's there. And uh, some guy, I, I flipped my ticket basically for like, I think $350, $400 in line. My brother gave me a bunch of wax to go get signed if I was going to ever like bump into the fucking group. And this is when Fife was around. It was the Y2K bounce tour. And it was what happened was we watched the show. It was fucking fantastic. And then they had an after party in the orange room. And so we ended up going to the orange room and I had the, the, the wax with me and I'm chilling by the fucking like, I, I, I never realized it was like the stairs or the stage or whatever. And like uh, Cardinal was on stage with them and, and the tour manager He's like, yo, that's our freaking first album. I'm like, what? He's like, yo, you want to meet the band? I was like, what the fuck? I grabbed my buddy Tom and I'm like, I'm like, Tom, come here, man. And he's like, he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yo, just come with me on stage. So 
we ended up going on stage. I shook like Q-tip's hand, fucking, and whatever. And they signed the fucking record for my brother. And I'm calling my friends at like four in the morning, three in the morning. I'm like, yo, I'm on tribe. I'm on, I'm on stage. We're on tribe call question. I'm just like, yo, Sebi, you call me at fucking three in the morning, like yelling at me. And I'm like, yo, it was the most insane day of my life. Uh, my buddy opened up for fucking, I think tribe. It was uh, DJ Junior Flow. And yeah, it was a fantastic night. And to this day, my brother brings it up in his wedding speech. He was like, I, and he will take it to the fucking grave. And he's like, yo, I'm never going to forgive you for not bringing me. But I brought him a consolation You got him Yeah, you know what I mean? I felt so so bad. And then I ended up in Detroit buying a bunch of fucking Air Maxes, right? So I don't think, (laughs) I think what your brother wanted was to be, to come with experience. experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he was not Air Maxes were. Air Maxes were more important, man. Got to get that Yo, right. Yeah, man, for sure. And the funny thing was, is that, like, I never thought he took it that personal, but he took it fucking personal. <laughs> like, I, I apparently crossed the fucking a line that I don't think I can ever, like, yeah. you know what I mean, get back from. But right, it's, like, it's like Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> yeah, That took exactly. that personal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a crazy story, though. Try. Yo, can I can I list off my fucking, my, uh, my producers? Is this going to go into four? Oh, yeah, I think, I think. Did yeah, we not hear your producers yet? Bring them up. No, no, no. no. I don't think we, I don't oh, think sorry, we man. Okay, yeah. no, no, no. Bring so uh, I'll say Primo for sure. Yeah. P Rock, large professor, uh, because he Ooh, put fucking yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. on the fucking map. He was just and, on Dream and he's Tips. A native, and he's a Queens native. Yeah, man. yeah. Yo, sorry. I'm not going to call him that. I'm just saying. But, <laughs> Yo, but <laughs> he's just on Dream He was on Dream Champs. Yeah, he definitely yeah, wanted he, to check he that just, Yeah, he just did Dream Champs. Oh, shit. I'm going to check that out. And Dilla's definitely up there because there would be no Kanye yes. if there was no Dilla. You know what I mean? Facts. Facts. I think I think Facts. Dilla sort of set the groundwork for not only the Midwest, but a whole new other sort of melodic sound that a lot of people try to emulate. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of people fucking Dilla in like being in Motor City and mm-hmm. and like just the influence of Motown, do you know what I mean? In his sound and, and what have you. Primo fucking definitely up there. One of my favorite producers. Everyone hears a Primo beat, like Kevin was saying, and you know it's a fucking Primo beat. There's a lot of good producers out there. A lot of them from the East Coast and West Coast, respectfully. So, like, Dre's definitely up there. But, uh, yeah, that would be my, in no particular order. But, yeah, that's my producers. Yeah, crazy. But, yo, big ups to fucking... Large pro because uh, yeah. there would there would not be no Nas without any the Canadian sort of slash Queens sort of relationship Better. with yes. um, uh, main stories, right? So I mean, like my my favorite lyricist, I will honestly say would probably be Nas because he's just fucking deep and dope. When I heard uh, "Give Me Power" or like "Give Power," like whatever the um, that track, his metaphor. Of like being a gun, like a gun and gun, yeah. yeah, yeah, like fuck, like who does that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was doing shit that people and other people were just like fuck, like and back then you and it's still kind of the way relevant now. Like you got to sort of pump out your chest and like who's the best MC, right? And so like when and this is going back to when you uh, DJ Monte Carlo was mentioning about M, like when M stepped into the fucking arena, everyone's like what the fuck? And then they find out that he's white. You know what I mean? I remember seeing fucking Eminem. <laughs> interview on fucking much music he was wearing like it looked i thought he was a fucking mechanic fucking he was wearing like a mechanic's fucking a jacket with his name on it and i was like who is this guy and bleach blonde hair but i remember the first time i heard slim shady and i was like wow like but uh but yeah no like uh 
when it came down to producers, like Large Pro is definitely up there. Q-Tip, I don't like the way he sounds on songs, but like uh, production-wise, he's all right. But I would also probably honorable mention to like Q-Tip and like RZA. Yeah, RZA. And maybe Havoc. Havoc too, yeah. yeah. Mob Deep was yeah. huge in my yeah. in my library. DJ, Monte Carlo, we didn't hear your top rap groups. Yo, I'm going to just go ahead. I mean, I it's like pretty much everything y'all actually <laughs> say i'm just gonna run through my list real quick but i do have additional two that y'all didn't mention but uh wu-tang nwa uh nwa for sure yes you yeah. know how impactful these guys were in the 80s also with solo careers so i still say you know nwa also uh run dmc of course i would like to say outcasts and you know uh and and it goes all the way back to to the source of words when they when they just made that that statement you know what i'm saying and it said that the south had something to say they just took yeah Yeah. you know so uh definitely and you know they got the tree branch of uh of the family as far as like the the dungeon family family, yeah 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 yeah. yo it goes far you know, uh, yeah. you know, so uh, also the Fugees, they made history. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. They're amazing uh, album. Uh, just one album is still like as classic. solo artists. I, it, it, classic. Yeah. Classic. Timeless. Uh, uh, and the New Jersey natives, Naughty yes. by Nature. Naughty by Nature. Okay. Naughty by nature. Yo, Naughty by Nature is my favorite rap group. Naughty by nature, bro. Yes, Naughty I mean, by nature. I got to see these guys rock the bells, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, that's the third, like the second, the second rock the bells. So these guys were performed. I've never, bro, bro. When I tell you, these guys performed two hours straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two hours straight. This is nineteen ninety nine. I'm telling you, like, the, yo, three albums. All the way into like they was doing the the soundtracks of you know music off Uptown the soundtracks yeah. like yo oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. from on and on and on goodness gracious yeah like it was crazy I we stu- we stood for two hours just to, after when I saw them I was satisfied I I left I <laughs> didn't want to see nobody I think uh Slick Rip was on the on the bill oh yes um. I know, I know, I know. I, I was disrespecting for you know these other MCs, but everybody, <laughs> that was definitely hard to you know the hardest time. Yeah. And, and KG is a br- brilliant producer as well. Oh, yeah, give what? it up to them. Guess what? They were the openers. Oh, <laughs> wow. that's crazy! Wow, wow. that was my God. Yes. You got your money's worth, man. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. for so, uh, so like, so like, Kid Capri already warmed him up, right? So like, yeah. Kid Capri is phenomenal by himself, right? So he did his 30 to 40 minute set, goes straight into Naughty, and Naughty's up there for two hours. And next thing you know, Slick Rick comes out, and I'm just like, yo, y'all ready? I'm gonna it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> y'all ready? Yo, <laughs> oh, yo, that's that was crazy. No. I did Rock the Bells was only it was it was for a Christmas you know, event for, you know, New York, you know, so, uh, and it was, back then it was just only in New York, but 
Yo, it, it was like I, I forgot who else was on the bill. I want to say for R and B groups. And shit. It didn't even matter. It didn't even matter at that point. It didn't matter, bro. For them to, to no. smash the stage like that. Oh, it was Super Cat, SWV, Slick Rick, and God, who was the, the uh, goodness gracious? I know Little Zane was in and uh, forgot about Little Zane. Uh, uh, and. and one twelve, so it was more of a R&B. like R and B, yeah. It was kind of, yeah, yeah. but that was like the second Rock the Bells that they had. But the first one was just like the all hip hop artists, like yo, they had like Jay Z, DMX, Onyx, like yo, they had they had Onyx to tone it down. Yo, they had to tone yeah, it down. They, yeah, they had to tone it down that next one, bro. So, yeah. <laughs> but then he got Naughty by Nature. Come on, Naughty by Nature, like you said, that's another group. Slept on. Left. I was so pleased about that show. I was just like, yo, we are two hours is pretty much, but uh, <laughs> it was like a five hour show. Still, like, bro, like, we we left right after. <laughs> yeah. I, you, I mean, like, it was, <laughs> I felt sorry for Slick Rick for coming after that, man, because, uh, you know, <laughs> that high energy, bro, it was. Yeah, no. Yeah, and, naughty, they ended it, was... and they ended it with Hip Hop Array. Like, Hip Hop Array? Yeah. They ended it. Yo, Naughty by man. Nature is my top. And I want I wanted to throw one out there too. Another group. I know this is more for you guys. I just get yeah. excited about this. Yeah. But another group that was near and dear to me to this day, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bro, first of the yeah. month. Yo, yeah. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. Yeah. And y'all yeah. already know when yeah. you got the cassette tape. You yeah. got the radio. You uh, got to time that shit perfect. I remember I used to wait <laughs> night and yeah. day for the first of the month to come on just so I could mm-hmm. fucking record that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Record that so I could play it on my boombox. But yo, Bone Thugs of Harmony, when I heard them, it was over. Like, yeah. it did something for me. I don't know what it was. The sound was just so different. And then, of course, when they had that track on uh, Life After Death, it's Bone and Biggie, Biggie. Yo, uh, yeah. I fucking went yes. crazy. When I fucking heard that song, man, when that's probably my favorite song on that album, the fucking Bone Thugs and Harmony, Biggie Smalls, and I just love the fact it's, that Biggie uh, took their cadence. Biggie yeah. literally rapped the way they did, and it made yeah. that track so much better, so much better, man. But Bone Thugs and Harmony for me is is one that for what they did that debut album they had too crazy. EC Turn on nineteen ninety nine, crazy, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, Bone Thugs, I got I, I got to show those guys some love. I sprinkle two sure. two more groups. And again, they're New Jersey native. Uh, Lords of the Underground. Hey. Uh, oh. Yo. And the Funky food. Child. And, and the, the food. Yo, like those. Yo, but those, DJ, 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 Lost Boys. The Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Another queen. <laughs> and let me, I, I got I to tell the story. I was there. I was there. Okay. Uh, With that Mary J. Blige he, remix? <laughs> yeah. Benz, Jeeps, and Beamers, okay? The less yeah. cruiser Beamers in the band. So, Yo, I remember that, that track came out. Yo, oh, my that, gosh. That video was shot the last day of school, and they waited till everybody got out of got school. Got outside. Oh, that's the Literally, they, when you watch the video, you see buses leave because everybody's getting off the bus. And they shot that in the are like I think uh, two separate parks in each location where buses leaving. So like you seeing all like everybody coming off the bus like happy because school is out. But they set that up so good. Perfect. To where, man, and everybody loved 
being on set, they they you know they had snacks for everybody. Like yo, like whoever put that together, genius. Like, really, genius. it was genius. Yeah. That was genius. And literally, you seeing everybody with backpacks, and it was like already the the cats was already on the block. They was already out there, but seeing everybody, all the kids, and it's just everybody was out there in the park, man. It was lovely. Yeah, so I, I was glad I was like, able yeah. to. Part of that man, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Lost Boys were Lost Boys, another group for me. Yeah, I want to well, add in to a couple yeah. of my groups. So, since we're adding in now, but the Bay Area, so not I'm not talking Ooh. gangster rap per se, but the Bay Area is slightly different uh, yeah. than the rest of the West Coast. So, like, I want to add Farside and uh, Souls of Mischief, yeah, Souls of Mischief. For they, sure. The Bay Area, in that particular area of Oakland and in the surrounding area, there they brought something that was not gangster rap that brought a whole other flavor Amen. to hip hop. You know what I mean? It was boom bap with a twist of like West coast. Right. Mm-hmm. And like it spawned into their own unique sound. Right. So the Bay area was totally different than like what you would get further South from like, in like Compton and LA and, and, and what mm-hmm. have you. But from that, uh, there was like Cali agents. I don't know exactly where Planet Asia, like where the, that whole like group was from, but I, I know they're in the, the West Coast and they're an honorable mention, but that's the kind of ones I wanted to add in. Yeah. Well, dope. <laughs> Listen, Rizzy has to drop off soon. I know he's got some other priorities. He's got a newborn. So shout out to you, Rizzy, for, for joining us. But you, speaking, meeting you, bro. speaking oh, yeah. if we could just end up, I mean, end up at least for Rizzy, just a quick question on East Coast, West Coast. I know we're talking about East Coast, West Coast. So for you, Rizzy, which coast had a bigger impact for you? Or do you think Honestly, it had a bigger To me, I would say the Tupac generation, man. Okay, because, so West Coast. Yeah, like I, I was I was definitely into like Snoop and Dre for sure. Like that's definitely like without a doubt. But I grew up listening to Tupac and his all his lyricism and all his knowledge and Machiavelli is and he just he was just on another level you know like Mm -hmm. and he was into like poetry that no rapper didn't really admit or do or you know read like Machiavelli and you know base my raps from there and and say like it's true like later on and meanwhile it's more like controversial and it got people like talking about his his raps and and that to me is like it was I listened when we talk about when they say, "Oh, did you listen to like Biggie or Nas?" I mean, I'm sorry, Biggie or or Tupac. Or Tupac. I was. I would have to say Tupac, Tupac. Uh, like at that time. And you know, obviously, there's no no hard feelings of not you know choosing Biggie, but Biggie was definitely like up there. He definitely had a huge like impact in in terms of like the industry in the East Coast West Coast rap. So yeah, I would I would probably say that that's that's my answer. <laughs> dope, dope. Well, listen, Rizzy. I know you. I know you got to jump off early, but I appreciate you joining us, man. Thank you Thanks. so much, Thanks. man. It's an honor, of course, talking hip hop with you. And uh, yes, yeah, sir. We'll definitely, we'll definitely have to do it again soon, man. No, Rizzy, yeah, appreciate sure. you. Appreciate yeah, you, yeah. my guy. Yeah, I gotta shoot me this, and I definitely would love to give him a follow. Yeah. yeah so it's 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 as well, it's as uh, it shows on his uh, on his Zoom. So R I triple Z Y. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm, I'm the same. Likewise. For sure. Yeah. Appreciate you, Rizzy. We're going to continue the Hi, conversation, Rizzy. but we appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks, guys. So continuing on with that same question then, East Coast versus West Coast. So which coast do you guys think had the bigger impact? In your opinion, of course. I'm going to just take Rizzy's slot now. Yeah. So I can join the conversation. I've been itching. I'm like, tag me in, tag me in. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm gonna take a stab at it, guys. I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll jump in. For me, it's gonna be East Coast, and I'm a bit biased. You know, growing up, like I said, in New Jersey, to me that was just more influential in terms of the music. We did listen to the the West Coast rappers. My cousin actually was a huge like Tupac fan, so we would always go back and forth like Tupac and Biggie. And yeah. I, and actually, I was probably introduced to a lot of Tupac through him. Ironically, I had a lot of friends and looking back in hindsight now too, like a lot of them influenced kind of like a lot of the music I listened to because, you know, I had kind of the artists I gravitated to, but one of my other good buddies, huge Wu-Tang fan. So that's what got me into Wu-Tang. I had another buddy, Mob Deep. So like a lot of my friends kind of just helped kind of mold in terms of like what I listened to. But I always just gravitated towards the East. To me, it was like, when that whole East Coast, West Coast shit, I was like, yo, fuck the West Coast. Like, <laughs> yo, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I was, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was I was, with it. Like, nah, yeah. like, fuck those dudes. And it's just, it was a real thing. Like, we was really, like, out here picking sides like and beefing, shit. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I, it was it was very, like, no, East Coast, East Coast rappers definitely influenced, you know, how I came up. Like I said, the Naughty by Nature's, Nas, Jay-Z, Big, Wu-Tang, Redman, like all these dudes, these, that was the music I was listening to growing up. So naturally, East Coast all day. And, and not to yeah. say that West Coast wasn't putting shit out, because they was. They was putting out some fire. But to me, it's always been East Coast to the death. I, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, uh, Rich, when it comes to like, as a Canadian in Toronto, it's hard to pick and choose when we're neither. You know what I mean? But with regards to our proximity to New York, and since a lot of our, because Play the Record, Eugene used to run records from New York to Toronto Mm -hmm. all the time. So I don't know if he selectively, and this is before, I don't want to say before record pools, but I don't know if it was just all coming from uh, New York, but I'm slightly East Coast biased as well. I was listening to a lot of West Coast stuff, but when it came to, if I had to choose a side, it would probably be more toward the West Coast. Do you know what I mean? And I'll, and I'll make it a... Sure. Did East I say West Coast? Coast? Yeah, oh, no, sorry, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so East sorry, Coast. man. It's been a long fucking day. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I meant... I mean, it's sorry, East I mean, Coast, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, I like to start with the uh, East Coast, but yeah. And you know, yeah. What, you know what it was, what also played into it, I think, in terms of the music influences, because growing up on East Coast rappers, it spoke to us. Like, it painted that picture of what I was seeing what yes. was around me. So naturally, like, you're going to gravitate towards that because these are dudes rapping about the shit, the struggles, the stuff that you're seeing. Yeah. So it just, you know, it was an extension of me. Like, these are guys who were giving a voice to kind of the shit that we were seeing and what we was coming up in. So right. where with the West Coast, I can't really relate to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's true. It's, I don't really it, know any of that it, shit. But you tell me about fucking the gritty shit that's going on in the buildings and, you know, the pissy hallways and all of that. I yeah. can relate to that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's where it kind of, it, it spoke to me more because they were talking about my environment where I was coming up on yeah. and the struggles and the things that we were dealing with. So Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just easier for a lot of people from Toronto. I can't speak about people in like Vancouver. Maybe they are more West Coast influenced, but yeah, I think being a Toronto native, it would be more East Coast for us just sure. because I think I don't want to say we're cut from the same cloth, but I can relate to someone from New York better than I can relate to someone fucking from LA. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. DJ, how about you? All right, here we go. <laughs> the reason why I say the East Coast, because it always comes full circle. And when I say full circle, every trend, every 
popular artist or group that was happening at the time, no matter what coast or region they were from, it always goes back to the form of hip hop where it started. Which well, I want to say when gangster rap took over, yes, they definitely took over. <laughs> I mean, there was everywhere from Yo and TV Raps to Rap City to your your local rap pages. Uh, major, yeah, yeah, rap pages, magazines, and stuff like that. So definitely the, the gangster rap had definitely came through by storm. But towards the end of the East Coast, West Coast beef, East Coast stood tall. Mm-hmm. With the help Sucks. of Def, you know, with the with the help of the Def Jam roster, and come, I mean, basically just took back over what what was there's the claim again, you know. And then I would say in between that time, the golden era was still everybody from each region with the conscious rap. Man, you had so many MCs out here trying to the grab, you know, who's the best lyricist, you know, uh, and it came competitive again you know with sales as as well then it comes to the early 2000s where everyone wanted to actually like do collabs and and group and form groups and stuff like that so like it was definitely competitive it always came back to the east coast no matter what no matter what then the new york mixtapes the you know what I'm saying? That went crazy. Yeah. Then there's where the Southern uh, rap culture became popular during the Snap era. How you want to say Jeezy and Yo Gotti with the Dope Boy era. The trap music. Yeah. Yeah. Trap music, T.I. and stuff like that. Guess what? Went full circle because Buster right Rock. Buster yeah. Rhymes, Nori, everybody started doing a lot of solo careers when I think uh, 106 and Park was really like the number one show on, you know what I'm saying, yeah, on dates music, on yeah. TV, you know, yeah. and everybody wanted to be on, you know, everybody wanted to be on 106 and Park. With that staple of New York songs, with the help of, again, DJ Premier, Switz Beats, on everybody's track, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Then there's the little Wayne era, mixtape era. Uh-huh. After when he kind of faded off, guess who was back on top? The East Coast, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. with the help of uh, Fabulous, Jay-Z, a lot of artists from New York, uh, then it became to uh, um, a lot of- days too, even. Like yeah, the camera show, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Those, I, I consider Dipset. his days. Yeah, I can, locks, I can, I can sure. consider his days Found uh, the the New York mixtape era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the locks, G Unit, uh, and uh, Dipset. Those, Dipset. Those, those are the yeah, three. Those the those ones. I was your little main one. The main sources from the mixtape era. Then come Fabulous and Red Cafe. Uh, goodness gracious, like everybody I forgot about Red Cafe. Uh, like everybody. <laughs> from yes, yes. So like that's again. It, it always came full circle back around. You know, no yeah. matter. So, of course, I say the East. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to say that it always came back. Around. I love it. I always came back. I love around. that. I love that break. I love that breakdown, though. DJ, Thank you. I think that it shows like it's a different way to look at that. And I think you, you hit the nail right on the head when you really look at it in its totality. Like like you said, full circle came right back to where it started. You know, yeah. so I love I love that breakdown. Appreciate it. Beautiful. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's crazy. I, and, and I mean, like, I remember just those days when you watched like Menace to Society and like 
those movies brought you know a different light to western because like, what rich was saying was like you know like i i didn't grow up in the states or whatever but like i sort of gravitated more to east coast because like sean was saying you know we're just the proximity to new york you know that we just noticed the more artists that were coming from the east coast but like you see like menace to society and like you know those types of movies boys in, like, the, hood. Boys in yeah. the hood and mm-hmm. you know you see life in the west and then the music that goes along with it it kind of opens your eyes to it mm-hmm. but at the same time like i did listen to like the mc8s and like the ice cubes and and whatever yeah. like and i did and i did love that but it was always like east coast hip-hop that always drew me back to that sort of area but yeah, no, that's crazy dope, man. And the, yeah, the breakdown is just super sick too, man. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> but, you know, speaking also in hip hop, I think one of the most important things to like, we talked earlier about like top MCs, top rappers or whatever, but lyricism, I know is something that, you know, is talked about all the time and how important that is. And I think Sean was saying earlier, like, I don't want to offend any of these younger cats. And then Rizzy was also saying too, like, the lyrics now just kind of they don't resonate with the stuff that kind of we grew up on and maybe it's just a generational thing right they yeah. just talk about different things but is lyricism still something that's important in hip-hop or like is that something that you think is um important when you're listening to music or you know right. when you listen to like the travis's and like some of the new stuff now that maybe the lyrics don't really resonate with you but you know like it's kind of mainstream popular right now you know what i mean so yeah like and you're right so i mean the thing is is this is that music is a form of expression right and so me personally i can say okay and this kind of goes into your other sort of question about like different sort of influences or pillars of of hip-hop and things of that nature but when it comes to like my generation or our generation in the golden era i can't necessarily speak on too much of the more mainstream things today but I think lyricism is always key because not only lyricism, but like storytelling, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. there's a huge difference about someone telling a story of their struggles, right? And you kind of seeing the whole storyline or hearing, I should say, the whole storyline and visualizing it in your head. Okay, like this is what Nas is trying to sort of tell a story you know what i mean if it was an audio book or whatever the case is i can visualize his fucking upbringing and, and things of that nature so i think it's still very important to have context and keep things uh within context i think with relation to today's music or lack thereof some of the music that i haven't heard and I, i'll be honest with you I, I don't i only feel 43 when i see the 30th anniversary of this and i'm i was literally just playing it on my fucking right i still i still play it you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. i don't think it's 30 until i see like ig post like oh yeah 30th anniversary i'm like what the fuck like i'm, I'm still yeah, banging we, to this you know what we, i mean we, yeah. we old we old sean we old out here man i know i know i know you know what i, I realized that at the gym I, I i i went to go do a squat on my on my birthday I was at the gym. I was on the rack and I was like, I, I put on fucking, I don't know how many plates. And I went to go do a squat and I can feel my knee, my bad knee that I got surgery on. It was about to go. And I was like, oh no, re-rack it. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm at the age where like, if I get an injury now, I'm not going to recoup. So like, yeah, yeah. whatever. But like, you know, when it comes to lyricism, I think it's very important to, and I, it's not that I'm knocking the, the, the kids these days. I appreciate kids. I shouldn't call them kids, but I appreciate MCs that, understand the history of hip-hop and try to keep it as organic not organic but uh keep it as much the, to those kind of principles exactly. some of those notable mentions i want to say like and they're 
you, I think this is part of one of your other questions with regards to new artists. So like Dave East is someone from Harlem. Nino Brown is someone from Harlem. A lot of the newer MCs that I kind of fuck with or like Marlon Craft or someone like that, these are individuals you can tell they're different. You know, I don't call them underground, but they bring a totally different sound. And you can tell that they understand the, the principles in, of how to like bar structures work and, and things of that nature. In comparison to, and I'm not knocking the South, even though it's going to come out this way, but like a lot of, of the trap music from like whatever the Midwest, Chicago, however you want to put it, or like even down South, they're two different styles of fucking music, right? And so I think there's not much that I can personally relate to at my age when I listen to trap music or when I listen to young this or little that or or whatever the case is like some of them i don't even know how to pronounce right and i'm like okay so like yeah my niece and nephew may listen to them like and i kind of like put it on mute kind of thing but like as long as they appreciate the art then i can understand that but if the art is not it's almost like going to fucking mcdonald's you've been going there for 43 years and getting a big mac and then one day you go in there and they put like weird pickle cheese on it and like fucking onion rings and all of it and, and something that you're not used to but they still call it a big mac and i'm like uh you know what i mean like no nope. uh, maybe I'll, uh, and i'll pick it out and stuff like i know what i know and i stick to what i know and i if i always order a big mac on a tuesday 43 years later i'm expecting i don't care where i am in the world it's going to be prepared the exact same way you know what i mean so like when i hear music today I understand people call it hip hop and, and things of that nature, but I think, and I wrote a paper about this and I interviewed a, a lot of people in the Toronto music scene in university. And when Nas said hip hop was dead and it kind of, I took a, like a page out of his book and was like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like hip hop is now hip hop where it's more about money driven A&Rs are kind of like, forming shaping whatever like gimmicky sort of artists and, and things of that nature a lot of people point fingers at ARs for kind of doing that but like but that's the thing is is that like there's still those individuals that never really i hate using the word sell out but there's a lot of people who are still around now that i slightly consider them slightly selling out because of the change of the sound and some people may say that was part of the evolution of hip-hop but that's my long-winded sort of I, the question was what uh lyricism right yeah, yeah because yeah, like yeah. And, and we'll get dj's uh, yeah, opinion in a second but like would you consider guys like kendrick lamar or like j cole like are yeah. those guys like yeah new, yes new school yeah. guys? yes those are because... definitely some of my friends from the states i was part of like this hip-hop chat group very knowledgeable individuals very hardcore individuals to say the least but some of them would put me on to stuff so when i heard about j cole I was like what the fuck and i heard like him on like the uh, 93 to infinity beat i was like i don't know man like and i never really gave a lot of people like a lot of the newer people a chance you know what i mean i was yeah. like yo like if you're young like i probably don't want to fucking listen to it but i gave it a try and i was like okay so when i heard kendrick lamar when i heard the j coles and i heard i'm missing all the even marlon craft when my friend put me on to marlon craft a white guy from like hell's kitchen okay let me give him a try you know what i mean but yeah no it was very um those individuals i would say are a bit different with respect to how they spit and how they run. If you compare that to trap music, I'm not knocking trap music, but it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, no, I don't for know sure. If that's too for Canadian sure. to say. No, but. no, and and like, sorry, you you mentioned earlier, like, yeah, like the little whatever or the you know young whatever. Like, 
those are kind of there's so many of these different like soundcloud artists or whatever you want to call them and you're right mumble like rappers Kev, mumble, mumble rappers, rappers or whatever you want to call it like i haven't given a lot of them a fair chance but i've i feel like i've heard enough to know that that's not my cup of tea like you said but like guys like kendrick lamar j cole like even like mac miller let's say for example yeah, right mac He's miller got, was a great artist right so i mean like they kind of give tribute or you know they talk about you know guys that paved the way for them as well and they kind of give tribute to those guys pay homage pay homage exactly like j cole's got a song uh let nas down right so he talks about you know just his upbringing and how you know nas is his his, one of his idols and that sort of thing too but uh right i think kendrick redefined the sound coming out of compton you know what i mean yes absolutely so like compton was always i don't want to say pigeonholed in that sort of gangster rap kind of sort of thing but I think he redefined it and brought it into like the 2.0. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. And, no, sorry. No, no. Let, let me jump in here too, Kev. Because like, I mean, coming from a younger generation, like the way you guys talk about some of the rap artists, like I wasn't around for Biggie or Tupac or Snoop Dogg or like in any of those. But my favorite album of all time is Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Yeah. That's number one for me. I threw that album on the 407. But you know what? I, I will admit, Blueprint was a good thing, and I kind of regret throwing. My friend dubbed it on a CD, and I was on the way to university, and I just threw it out the window. I was like, "This is not getting planned." Yo, Blueprint, no, no skips. That's what no I have skips. to say with the Blueprint. When they added no Jay Z onto Spotify, I was away, and I remember the whole day I was just bumping Jay Z, the Blueprint. Like it was just that whole day. It was just sitting on a beach in Jamaica, just the Blueprint, front to back, no skips, like. Anyways, but having said that, like, as I kind of grew up, like, listening to rap, some of the new artists, so, like, it for me, it was Drake, it was Lil Wayne, it was J. Cole, yeah. Kanye West, right? I've got to a point now where it's, like, I just can't, like, if those artists don't put anything out, I don't want to listen to it. Like, just yeah, straight up, because exactly what you're talking about, Kev, right. the lyricism is just not there. Like, I mean, Travis Scott's Astro World, I love that album. It was a good, it was a good pump-up album, but lyrically, it was terrible. Like it was just there was not a lot going on on that album. Yeah, and, and we're gonna let DJ go, and I, I definitely, I want to touch on the new stuff too, just because. I, <laughs> yeah. All right. So DJ, what's your thoughts on the lyricism? The lyricism uh, as today, from popular all the way into underground, it's the opposite of what our OGs talked about. So they celebrated. They, they're celebrating doing drugs. <laughs> you know. They, uh, having unprotected sex <laughs> like it's it's i mean like i'm about to dissect real quick real quick of what the opposite of what our ogs taught us and wanted us to you know to feed on and take me take heed but today is the total opposite but there are some amazing mcs like griselda joy badass I mean, like, I the, the list goes on. I can just talk about a lot of underground cats, Rock Marciano, like a lot yeah. of cats that's, you know, still representing that hardcore boom bat era, but still like bring it into 2023. But today, sex sales, drug sales, and talking about the ops and talk about your dead ops as well. It's crazy, right? Or even so, money, like they talk was, a lot about money. Yeah. And the thing about it, the record companies, they eat it up and they put it out for the younger generation to, you know, the <laughs> the, sure. the power. And it's crazy. But again, there are some phenomenal MCs out here right now. As y'all just mentioned, yeah. Kendrick, Cole, but there's a lot of stuff 
out there. I even tapped into uh, because uh, I do a lot of Christian events. So I meet a lot of Christian hip hop artists. There's a lot. I've, I mean, I've never thought that Lecrae will be so huge right now. You know what I'm saying? If y'all never, y'all not hip to that guy. He's been a Christian rapper for the last, the biggest Christian rapper for the last 10 years. And for me to finally meet him last year and I had to give him his flowers, like, cause usually Christian rap only lasts you maybe like two or three years. And then you, <laughs> you go through something else, you know, to move on to something else. But yo, the crate is that guy. Also, he has several songs with like Snoop, like uh, Dave East, Busta Rhymes. Like he's actually doing songs well with, you know, with circular music too. So, Again, it goes back to the opposite of what our OGs was talking about back in the days. You will never get a, a self-destruction, boogie down production. You will never get, right. we all in the same game, you know, to, as to today. You will never get a, we all the world <laughs> right. today. What are we doing now? What can we push the message to where we can stop? openly celebrating violence, sex, and not the fact right. that I'm trying to preach or anything, but it's the fact that it's getting a lot of too out of hand to where the lyrics of what the the young lady that what was... Uh, oh, the freaking not the pound town, is it? Yeah, yeah. And then there's yes, the other, that, other that, girl, what's the the Sakiana? I, I, oh, yeah, yeah, that girl. She, oh, yeah, I know yeah. you're talking about. Yes, Yo, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so like it's uh, celebrated and it's going too far. Now it's just like shock factor now. And it goes in between social media and to music. So, so let me ask you something. They, go ahead, go ahead. So do you think at our age that it was slightly the reason we're seeing this sort of and I like to say, like, misdirection of where we're kind of going. Is it because we never pass the torch on to the younger generation? Because I can personally say that I never knew, and I can, you, everyone here can probably relate, that I never knew I was part of a golden era. I never knew I was listening to, like, the best MC at one point. Do you know what I mean? I was just embracing what I was like living in at that point. You know what I mean? So I never thought that I'd be looking back and saying, okay, like this was a phenomenal sort of group, but like, do you think that the MCs and the groups and, and who we grew up with didn't also foresee the direction that we were going to go and that we never properly passed our torch down for others. So our younger generation to understand proper bar structure or like, this is how you actually like produce or whatever the case is, right? I mean, obviously I, technology has to play along with that a lot. Yeah. But I mean, like, do you think we could have done a better job in doing that? I think the consumer changed, right? Like True. in terms of who was who was consuming the music. It's like when we equate it to sneakers, right? You look at the time right. we was coming up, what we held near and dear and that, that shift, right? Where it went to like, no, I just want to resell. I don't care about the shoe. I don't care if I really like it, if I can make right. some money. So I think in terms of the music, I think it's the consumers where, all right, they're eating this up. So we're just going to go this way. And like what DJ said, like in terms of the music companies, they see dollar signs. All right, we're yeah, going to push dictate. this. They dictate what kind of consumers you, they You, you know what I mean? Be. So yeah, I, I feel like, I, I think I should say is like the generation, that shift has changed right. and the consumers, this is what they want. Because like I said, those, those two songs, yo, Pound Town, bro, I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? 
the most vulgar shit I've ever heard. I, and I, it's I, just I'm like Google it. <laughs> Google that shit. And it's just because I, I never like, heard of D, it. Like DJ said, it's like it's celebrated. And I'm thinking to myself, like, like this is the female that's put in some. And I mean, we got we had the little Kims and stuff like that, but it's just over the top. Like it's like it's like another gear. Yeah. We're gonna go. Yeah, so for me, I think the consumer is, By sexy is what, red, where the ship. Yes, sexy red. That's her name. <laughs> yeah, listen to that shit. But yeah. I, I just think I read the, the lyrics. But yeah, there's a, there's I, another one, Sukiana. That's the other. That's the like. I want to say you can hear it to where like yo, she's just saying anything just for shock factor, like, shock value. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because. Sorry, this incident happened to her, but the young fella, the young rapper, tried to make moves on her. And oh and yeah, oh yes, I've seen that. Yes, um, kinda, yeah, whatever that dude's name is. Yeah, I forgot yeah. his name. Uh, I don't know you're talking about. Yo, it is kind of messed up to where like she has this persona to where he thought it was okay to do know? that. Yep. This this generation is kind of misguided. Yeah, misguided yeah. I think I yeah I, I believe it's the consumer the consumers. And you know, don't you notice from our youth, we knew not to step that boundary into listen to the way, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, I was excused because I was a DJ. I was a young DJ. I wanted every music, every single. So mom allowed me to get the singles. But do always play the clean version in the house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dirty, ver- uh, dirty versions in my Walkman. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I remember. I don't know. I don't know about you, Sean, but was Two Live Crew banned at your school? Yeah, yeah. they were. Uh, two Live Crew. I remember when I was at a school dance and Ice Cube's Predator uh, was also banned. But that was also when, like, oh, Ice Cube yeah, Predator. A, yeah, that was yeah. one of my favorite albums. But too. you know what? Uh, from an Asian perspective. Uh-huh. When Two Life Crew had that, I don't know if he's Chinese, Jamaican, I forget his name. Uh, yeah, he, but he, like, he recently passed. I think I gravitated more toward wet rap, not only because my friends were listening to it, because uh-huh. as an Asian, I didn't really have any other sort of identity to sort of gravitate to. But when that guy from Two Life Crew showed up, with like, like uh, yeah, I was like, but you, like, you knew it wasn't for you though. Like you, yeah, knew that type of music wasn't exactly. For you. I can't wait till I get in college or wait to go to yeah, uh, South Beach or uh, Memorial Day weekend or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff or Bike Week. Yo, I I knew it wasn't for me. I'm just like, hey, I can't wait to experience that when I got older. So yeah, uh, it's just again the way we was brought up. Their younger mothers, their mo- younger grandmothers are, uh, are raising these kids. And it goes to show that, you know, the generation definitely has changed. So I think that's mm-hmm. all I can say, man, upon the far as like lyricism yeah. uh, is just totally different from what we, we was raised up on. Yeah. So it's just it's evolved. It's evolved. Uh, right? No yeah. disrespect, no disrespect. But hope, hopefully things have changed. You know, hopefully, it, uh, again, from the young rapper that experience that and and hopefully he can learn from that hopefully other rappers can learn from that even young ladies from that incident happening you seeing most of these these rappers are overdosing uh mm-hmm, right. a lot of them are you know uh committing suicide of the depression the emo oh. era you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. influence you know but yeah, the drug culture is, um, is also at its, its all-time high. They're celebrating 
drugs. Yeah, like, exactly. They're crazy. glorifying it for sure. Yeah, and it's it's different now. I mean, like I grew up picking out like seeds and stems out of the rocks, yeah. like ganja. You know what I mean? But like now, it's one of my dearest friends died of an overdose recently. You know oh, what I mean? And that, he man. he was literally like my other half. And his mother did an autopsy and they think it was fentanyl. You know what I mean? So like, you you don't even know what you're touching anymore. You know what I mean? Like cops don't even want to, when they pat you down, they don't want to even, if they suspect or they don't know what it is, they don't want to even touch it with like a rubber glove. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think now like kids are, I'm hearing stories of like younger kids, like super, super young, like grabbing cocaine in like middle school. And I'm like, really? I was like, maybe the harshest thing I would have probably done in my younger days or like that early in the stage was probably like weed or maybe like shrooms. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, right, right. Or right. like maybe even alcohol. But like when yeah, I started- Hard drugs, I wouldn't even know, have not, like I wouldn't even know yeah. where to get that when I was like- you Exactly. Know, in grade eight. You know what I mean? It's scary, but, bro. Like, Yeah, it is scary for sure. But I agree with uh, DJ Monte Carlo. Like I think the message now is a bit- I say lost. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's lost. I mean, like when you hear like Mob Deep talking about like them hustling or doing this or doing that, it's part of their not only persona, but mm-hmm. it's about their upbringing and they're telling a story of that. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the kids now are just, I think because they miss the boat of the golden era, maybe they're hearing and want to emulate that because 90s sort of thing that we were living in. They wanted to be a part of. They were never part of it. But our drugs were different than their drugs now. You know what I mean? So, like, we're talking about cocaine. Now it's being cut with who knows what, right? So there's a huge difference there. But, yeah, I hope that these kids kind of take things a little bit more serious with regards to their lives and their futures and things of that nature. Because at this pace, like, our society, like, we're kind of killing ourselves at this point, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's just like it's just like what DJ said, like, you know, they glorified drugs and it's a different drug era now, too. So, you know, hopefully things change for the better. But, you know, it wouldn't be a sneaker podcast if we didn't talk about sneakers a little bit. But uh, <laughs> and, and you know what? We have probably like, you know, eight or nine other questions that we had drawn up for this. But, you know, we could talk for like five, six hours, uh, especially with the guests we have. But we'll end it off with, you know, a sneaker question, technically speaking. So how has hip hop culture been a direct influence and even an inspiration for the sneaker culture growing up in the golden era of like late 80s 90s or like 80 90s whatever before technology right well i mean when i'm talking technology i'm talking internet um (laughs) we used to get a lot of our our information from magazines right so being on the east coast i was more siding with the source and, and things of that nature but a lot of my fashion and DJ Monte Carlo, you guys had Yo MTV Raps. We had our variation of Rap City. So BT had uh, Rap City. And so it was slightly different. But we had a lot of our, what was on Rap City was uh, super hardcore. Big ups to Michael Williams with the deep voice and, and things of that nature. <laughs> but there was a lot of pioneers out here. But when it came to sneaker culture and things of that nature, I would gravitate to magazines like the source flip through it because they also had a section on fashion sometimes and things of that nature, right? There was always, always be those ads in between. I remember seeing UMC and I think it was me and this other Sean, I think his name's um, 
I'm gonna get it wrong. Uh, he's a big Penny fan on Instagram. Oh, midsole collector. The midsole. Yeah, midsole collector. Yeah. Yeah. Me and him were kind of arguing back. Yeah, me and him were kind of arguing back and forth because there was a UMC cover and it was blue cheese. And I said that there was an Air Max 90 and I said that they were Air Max 90 limes. And then he was like, no, there were this. And then I forgot, but I would always sort of flip through magazines or, or if I had the chance to record uh, music videos, I would. People yeah. like Arsenio Hall would have artists come on stage and you would see them in, and I could never afford some of these sneakers. I couldn't even probably pronounce it. Do you know what I mean? But if I saw it in a in an athlete's world or a foot locker or collegiate sports or whatever the case is, like I would try to find it. If it wasn't in Air Jordan, I can probably say that I can attain it even at that time. And it was probably within like begging range to beg my mother to to get them and I'll grow into them. Yeah. But uh yeah, a lot of my I guess I'm trying to make the correlation between like media magazines and and print media and and uh videos and things of that nature so I, I guess that's where i got a lot of my influence and like you mentioned slick rick i want to say he's probably one of my top five as well and i can't believe i ever forgot him because even his dress slick rick's whole thing with the chains the yeah. gold teeth Dude, yeah, yeah he's eye English, patch. But like hot yeah. eye patch everything was just like but not only that he was a true lyricist if you hear children's story or mona lisa yeah. or like whatever you listen to me like it was so oh man like i i want to say like nas got it from him you know what i mean like um, slick rick his his whole dress ll cool j with the whole troop mcm sort of velour suits and like this that the other like a lot of the fashion came from these guys that i would see on rap videos you know what I mean? And if you can get that or your your mother can make something similar to that and in a seamstress kind of way, like <laughs> like 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 get it done, right? So I mean yeah. like I remember um, I, I don't know what you guys called them, but like when Naughty by Nature, remember back in the day they had a, a toque and it wasn't a toque, but it was like but it had, it had a, a brim on it? Yes, it had like the no, little it didn't have no. a brim, but, oh, but the, it had like the oh the pom pom. Yeah. And I was it was like, like and long. I saw, it was like a, it was yeah. like a long toque. Yeah, like long yeah, and I was like, I was like, I was like, mom, like, I really want that. My mom's like, I think I can make you that. I'm like, really? And it came out like a, like a Gordon Garth trail. I was like, mom, like, nah, this is looking more like a Buster Rhymes, like, like, cord gesture thing. And I'm like, I'm like, this is nothing like what I wanted. I was like, my mom went to Fabric Land trying to like make me something. But yo, kudos to my mom. I love her to death. She's like turning eighty soon. But like, but like, yeah, man, like a lot of the stuff. I don't know if you know this or not, but like, not only are our, our records our music, but along with music came with fashion. Uh, so a lot of the stuff all got muled up here. You go yeah. to Eglinton West, you would get everything from the, the rarest to the latest, like reggae 45s to like the Carl Kanai to like Anichi. I, I, I got like, this is when Echo was like E-C-H-O and not E-C-K-O. So when Mark Echo was like, and he had the whole graffiti line, you being a writer as well, like you knew, right? So yeah. like Connard, all that jazz, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wish I kept all my Connard stuff. I gave away some of it. I have like a Connard buckle, but I mean like a lot of that stuff I would see and I would embrace it. Like graffiti, I was, nice. all my friends thought I was Filipino. I was, I was not Filipino. So a lot of them did karaoke and b-boying. And my thing was graffiti. And shout out to Duro the Third. This is something that he doesn't know. And I've never shared this with anyone. And we know people in common. But I remember going 
back to the RT that just got derailed, but uh, our, our subway line, or one of our subway lines through Scarborough, I stole his paint and he was a muralist and he would create like a bunch of uh, murals. And, uh, but yeah, man, like going down to sneakers, I think sneakers played an important role, especially in b-boying as well. So I'm trying to tie all things together and kind of rambling on and going on a tangent. But I think uh, <laughs> uh, b-boying is definitely one of those things. And like, even though I am to the heart, like a, a Nike head, when it came to b-boying, like you don't see guys b-boying in, in Cortez's, you know what I mean? You see them in like shell-toes. Pumas and Shelto's and, and, yeah. and things of that nature, right? So because of the flat feet. You know what I mean? And, and Cortez's weren't like that, right? So, yeah. but yeah, no, yeah, that's that's my answer. Right. No, that's the up, man. <laughs> if, that, if that's any sort of answer, I mean, like, I told you, I was, keep no, it Basically what Sean's saying is there's a direct relation. Everything we consumed, there was always a direct relation between sneakers, fashion, all that stuff. So. It popped on into something I don't think any generation, so I'm talking about like the 70s, the 80s, like the flower power movement, anything like that with a political message. I don't think any sort of generation can be compared to the influence of hip hop and what it has delivered. I really don't, because if you think till this like, day, till this day, to this day, I mean, <laughs> hip hop culture made its own economy, literally, and, and is fueling other economies like you're talking like fashion, food. When you talk about like Ebonics and like start to see like marketing ads using like lit in their marketing ad and like, you know what I mean? Like there is different sort of ways that you can take it. And you're just like, what? I talked to Nike at four o'clock in the morning and the woman in the Philippines was telling me that my, my Nike IDs were fire. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like it's spawning yeah. into like fashion yeah. and Nike would not be where they are. If there was not for hip hop, I'm sorry to say Jordan. Yes, he did a phenomenal job, but Nike today would not be where it's at without hip hop. DJ, what about your thoughts? The correlation between hip hop and and sneakers or fashion, even like Sean was saying. I want to go around everything he was speaking on because everything was, it can line up into fashion sneakers throughout each generation of hip hop. All right. But there are a lot of sneaker moments far as when I mentioned the Run DMC, everybody's holding up their Adidas with no laces. There are red carpet moments where some of the dopest artists with the dopest sneakers, everybody wanted to be exclusive at one point. Everybody wanted to have the Jordans before anybody, you know, then there's the magazines, the videos, live shows again. When he's talking about Arsenio Hall, I thought of In Living Color. When yeah. yeah. That's a good one. You get yeah. to see, you know, your favorite artists, man, and they have the nudist Jordans. Or a lot of those artists was from the NYC, so you got to see yes. a lot of ACGs, ASICs, the Ewings. Uh, I remember uh, Chris Cross was on there, and they Chris hopped Cross, in the Ewings, bro. I was just like, yo, they're like the same age as me, and they they jump fresh. Yeah. So you get to uh, also a lot of the uh, the Fly Girls. They were they had some amazing kicks, and then they uh, incorporated the guys so it was just like like a mesh of a rugged hip-hop with the fly girls and stuff like that so again seeing spring bling mtv spring break break a lot of these artists are coming on the stage with the hottest kicks you know then there's movies come on 
Oh yeah. Do the right thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of these movies from the '80s all the way to the '90s, early 2000s. I will never forget one movie that's so slept on that people, not too many people, notice. But now you see it, you be like, "Yo, Drumline." Drumline, so okay. Good. When when I tell I, you, I gotta go back the, and watch that. Yo, watch the uh scene where they're all against the wall with the sticks. And yeah. The rain, yeah. Oh, they only show a panel and everybody kicks. I kid you not. Everybody had heat on. Oh shit. Yeah, I'm about to check. I'm about okay. to check that out. Okay. Check that out. You probably can Google the uh the scene. Yeah, I'm gonna Google the yeah, shot. Yeah. That's what I'm about to do. I tell I'm you, gonna... that movie has so many kicks. Of course, he got game. In yes, like, come on, like crazy heat, crazy heat. Uh, TV shows, Margin, Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Wayne's brothers, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It goes uh, Martin Fox. No, yeah. So like it goes goes on and on, man, with influence of, of sneakers and, and music. Again, like it goes to goes to show, man, you see the personality, not only just seeing the person in the sneakers, but the personality. You see what they're like. Not some, you know, of course, most of them had stylists, you know, that's cool, but you get to seeing some of these cats now. They're going sneaker shopping. They get yeah, yeah. they <laughs> yeah. love. You see how I transition to everything from right now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So definitely, I definitely <laughs> went to, you know, bend the corners and, and go around what he was saying, definitely. But I definitely agree everything he was saying. But yeah, from then to now, I love it. Again, a lot of sneaker moments through mu- music, music videos, TV shows, and just all around performances. Like, I never forget seeing Jay-Z wear a, a Reggie Miller jersey, you know, the Hard Night Hot Toy. And he's in, in Indianapolis. And that's when I was like, yo, these artists are paying tribute to these, like, the states they go. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, like, yo, that's, that's pretty dope. And again, seeing from Jay-Z fashion, for him getting his own uh, sneaker deal, G-Unit, Daddy Yankee. And then it goes into their, these artists are getting their own collaborations now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like from getting free supplies from Jordan or Nike bread to actually having your own sneaker. sneaker? Come on, bro. Yeah, man. That is crazy. Yeah. And, And just, and again, it goes back to all the way when I was just like seeing some of the dope boys on the corner with the, the hottest kicks. I seeing the latest New York Nick come out come out the tunnel and they all got PEs. The same, yeah. Like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's insane. It's just really insane. Yeah. And during the nineties, again, the NBA and hip hop was just like hand to hand, bro. Like you will always love to see inside stuff and yeah, oh Shaq, yeah, 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 you know Shaq's personality, his you know spontaneous. With the Mar yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was crazy, yeah. man. And it, it goes all the way back to again, as far as like music and sneakers, man. It incorporates everybody's childhood, adulthood, teenage memories, and stuff like that. Who remembers cutting school? You know, picking up a a, a J or two. You know, what I'm saying. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, that's why they had to change the releases to Saturday, right? Right, right. <laughs> right. Then it goes with the campouts. Yeah. And the campouts, what are everybody playing out there? They're playing hip hop, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. Campouts, you know? And it goes to the music covers. I mean, the, the album covers. Kid and Play had Jordan 3s on. Yeah. 
EPMD had the you know the fours, you know, like it's crazy. Ice That's T another great group. Fours, yes, yeah, yeah. Ice T had a four on his cover. Beastie Boys in their videos wearing all types of Reeboks, Adidas, and Pumas, and different varieties. Man, it, it goes all the way around, man. So I just wanted yeah. to definitely incorporate everything: our childhood, teenage years, and our adulthood. But seeing some of these artists wearing some of their favorite sneakers and then getting their own deals now. That's amazing. Definitely showed how the entertainment business has grown into fashion. Definitely. Oh, crazy. Well, listen, homies, man, it's been awesome discussing hip hop, you know, celebrating 50 years. Oh yeah. Um, but just hearing the knowledge you guys have just brings me back. You listen to both yeah. of you guys talk and especially Rizzy shout out to Rizzy. I know he had to jump off early, but shout out the to three him. you guys, yeah. The three of you guys just listening to you guys just makes me think back to the stuff that I grew up on and celebrating these 50 years and just being proud to be a part of a lot of those years myself. So mm -hmm. appreciate you guys jumping on, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Kev, Rich, Trevor, uh, your whole entire cast, Kali also, I know. Did he leave? He had yeah, internet problems. So he had to oh, okay. Yeah, he needs to pay his bill. But yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, like, um, it was. Uh, it's all good. I, I appreciate you guys, DJ Monte Carlo. It was great meeting you as well. Hello to you as well. Um, I love that it, that T-shirt, man. That's yeah, really thanks, brother. I, you know, I, you know what? Like, I try to keep as much of my stuff that was in XL. You know what I mean? Like, and it still fits me. You know, I haven't grown. But like my, my shirt still fit me, right? So I, I try to keep like I, I have an old uh, like boo wear shirt, and someone asked me once, they're like, "Yo, where'd you get that?" And this is before I guess the new kids heard about like uh, I got I it like, in the nineties. Oh. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I got it in the nineties." They're like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." Like I saw a picture of me wearing it in the nineties, right? And so, but uh, it still fits me. It's like it has some holes, little, but I guess it's part of the whole fashion. But yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, dope. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Jets, we appreciate you jumping on. I know I didn't I didn't say much this episode, but yeah. yeah. Yo, I didn't mean I didn't mean to knock the, the blueprint. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Trevor's Trevor's driving on the 407 right now to try to find it. Where is it? Where is it? He's on the 407. The thing He's definitely... is that I appreciate your perspective. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Because I usually only fuck with people in my sort of era, and I can mm -hmm. be that grumpy old man, like only listening. But like I appreciate your perspective because your perspective gave me faith in the newer shit that's gonna be coming out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, because yeah. what you listen to is gonna be birthing newer stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like I appreciate that, man. I, I really do. I didn't mean to knock the the blueprint. I no, did no. give it another listen. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan of Reasonable Doubt. I mean, yeah. that's, everyone's first album is always gonna be their best, in my personal opinion. Like Illmatic, yeah. but you know, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just it's it's good. Like you guys have the perspective. Like it's just it's different from my era of rap, right? Like oh, yeah. it's just a different yeah. generation, and there's there's not the same level of lyricism that you would hear that like in with the guys that you talked about. Like I know '93 is the is the year of a bunch of classic rap albums, right? right? That doesn't exist. But for my you know era. what though, Trev? I can see you sitting in our shoes at one point. You know what I mean? Giving your perspective of. Oh, that I'm there. Sort of thing, you know what I mean? I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're probably right around the corner, right? Yeah. So I mean, like, it's, it, it's all relative in that respect, right? There's, so there's, I I yeah. feel your pain because I think the exact same thing. People are yeah. like, you know, Rich is talking about all these little people that his sons are listening to, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> 
so I feel you, man. I feel you. I, I'm right there, man. I, I'm at the point now where if it's if it's not J. Cole, if it's not Kanye, and even that's a little iffy at this point right now with yeah. his music that he's putting out, Jay's like, you know, those guys are automatically like bangers most of the time, right? So it's just yeah. hard, I, I, but I get it. But love the conversation. love your perspective. So we appreciate you jumping back on with us, guys. Awesome. Yes, what's up, man? Any shout outs for us? Shout out to guests, man. Appreciate you guys jumping on. This was amazing. I, you know, the panels when they happen, I get so antsy because I want to get like involved with it. But it's, <laughs> why, it's why not have it's, you? It's, have it's, you not, it's not about not because it's about you guys. Like I, I'll interject, I, but I, I love to hear the conversation. So I, I try to st- take a step back because I kind of want to hear everybody else's take. But I just love panels because it's a lot of perspectives, a lot of great conversations. I appreciate y'all, Rizzy. Shout out to you. And shout out to Rizzy as well. Yeah, yeah, thank you guys for coming back and chopping it up. And DJ, yeah, Sean as well, man. Just a plethora yeah. of knowledge, and it's just yeah. it's just great to kind of to hear these stories, especially Sean, just the Toronto perspective, right? Oh, just yeah. to kind of hear what it was out here. I think I really appreciate that. So you guys appreciate y'all, man. As always, thank sure. you. Thank you. Right before we end, uh, I got some great news. No, everyone is celebrating, you know, hip hop, and actually the date official day is about to come. I'm doing my friends and family uh, episodes where I know my season three is over for us, like uh, the podcast, I have a since show. I'm doing something separate to where I'm bringing some of my family and friends on and we talk about old days of growing oh, up. Dope. Listening to That's dope. Oh, dope. That's dope. Yeah, you know, and some of them I'll be on location where we just out and about getting some some pizza or something. <laughs> yeah. Talk about some old hip hop moments, man. Some of our favorite uh concerts and stuff. So look out for some of these dates. I was just gonna be it's, it's gonna be random because sometimes I be wanting to go live, man, just you know, just <laughs> off the strength of uh just a, a good conversation and a vibe. But I do have some people that actually like I got my best friend, he's in the Navy and Sometimes we hop on and FaceTime each other, but I was like, yo, you got an Instagram, do you? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about we do an episode where we just talk about our childhood, bro? He's like, yeah, I don't <laughs> care, man. Long as you don't bring up or anything that we the shit we did. I was like, <laughs> 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 all right, yo. I was like, no, it's strictly hip hop, man. Strictly hip hop and dope, a little dope. fashion. So then we might have a couple other sneakerhead friend, friends that I've I've met over the years and we talk about hip hop. So that's my you know tribute to the hip hop community and you know people that love music man throughout the years of you know just celebrating 50 years so again the season four won't start in maybe until october or november but i just felt like i just wanted to do it i'm, I'm busy right now i'm doing a lot of weddings this is wedding season sure, to tell yeah. it yeah to tell in a wedding wedding season so i'm doing a lot of, of those and Retirement parties, corporate <laughs> parties, yo, yeah, yeah. I'm everywhere right now. I'm everywhere. So more I'm busy, that's the you know, the best times I can, you know, see some of my friends because some mm-hmm. of my friends actually book me through their company, you know. So oh, dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm getting booked for holiday parties and all types yeah. of stuff. I love it. I love doing what I'm doing. I love making the people dance and have a great time. But yeah, but sometimes I do feel like, yeah, I miss going live with everybody. And now that I do have my broadcast system going on because, you know, IG allow you to post things and keep everyone updated on what everything you have going on. So that's the big news. You know, I'm going to do some uh, some special uh, episodes of the Heaven Sent Show and 
hopefully y'all can tap in, see come, some of the replays, or even being live, man. Being yeah, live, you let us know. Dope, dope. You let yeah, us know. I'll add you to my Instagram, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I already yeah. actually I'm about to uh, tap in and log back on and follow all you, uh, you know, both of you guys, man. Uh, Rizzy, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, yo, you yeah. said just, uh, man, it just honor even to be back on the show again. And you guys almost pushing 200, eh? Yeah, well, we're at 140. <laughs> this is 141, I think. Right? 140. Yeah. Okay. It's getting there. It's getting there. Working, yeah. man. Y'all working. There. <laughs> we trying. We trying. No, day, no days off. I'm trying to catch up with y'all. I'm doing four four episodes a week. You know, to catch up with <laughs> but no, I was, I was, I was in like a tail end, and I really had to end my season earlier. So I did four episodes in a row, and then the next week I did that final episode. So. And I, I was so exhausted. <laughs> so yeah, exhausted, I hear you, bro. man. But yeah, I appreciate y'all. As always, it's always love. It's always a great time, man. And uh, just always, y'all, you guys keep pushing the culture forward. Appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. that, man. Sean, giving shout outs. Shout out to Eugene from Play the Record for putting <laughs> Toronto on the map and helping sort of carve our own Canadian hip hop landscape. He's truly a pioneer. Shout out to you guys for always pushing the envelope with your podcast. I think it's beneficial, not only for people in the sneaker community, but also for just the general youth and with regards to understanding, I guess, uh, the culture in in general. Uh, I think you guys bring a lot to the table. Shout out to Nike for putting back the Nike ID. Rich, you missed it, but you can still do it in your car right now. (laughs) Nike has Air Max 1. They re-released the ID, so Air Max 1, and you can kind of go crazy. I already ordered, I don't know how many pairs, and I got three pairs coming from Amsterdam uh, <laughs> shortly. So anyways, um, but you can do that. So shout Best out to it. Nike. And Best shout it. out to all those new sort of young sort of lyricists, MCs, inspiring artists that are yes. coming out. Keep the message positive. It sounds very cliche. I'm not a huge fan of, of Drake, but I mean, like, you only live <laughs> once. I understand that. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is that, like, you only live once, but live once, like, sort of responsible. You know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. kind of, like, like preach to the younger generation. But I mean, as long as you express yourself in, in a positive way, I think that's that'll be a good co- contribution for them, for the culture. For sure, man. Uh, that was kind of a reading, reading rainbow moment there. But, <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. All right, guys. As always, you can find us on Instagram at InKicksWeTrust. Make sure to use the hashtag InKicksWeTrust for a potential feature. And you can find me on Instagram at Trevsky63. Kev, where can they find you? You can also find me on Instagram, Kevin K. Man. Rich, where can they find you? You can find me on IG, GrailStatus13. DJ, where can they find you? You can find me on OnlyFans and Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> IG DJ Mighty Caller with two E's. <laughs> and Sean, where can they find you? Instagram, Uncle Sean Sneakers. And you can find Rizzy at Rizzy on Instagram. I think it's uh, RI's two or triple, three triple, 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 triple Z, Z. triple Z, Z Y, triple yeah. Z Y. DJ Sean, we appreciate you jumping on. This is a lot of fun. Excited yeah, to get this out. Appreciate you guys jumping on. Guys, everyone stay safe and be well. We'll see you all next week. Bye.